It's sort of a high pitch. <laughs> You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Spark one up. Smoking a bowl, sir. Lock on. Smoke on. Mwah. So when are we smoking some weed? When are we smoking some weed? Right now, I think, because it's Token Tuesday. Hey, it's Token Tuesday. And you are in the bowl with bowl after bowl. Welcome, welcome. It is Tuesday. It's April 6th, 2021. Beautiful spring trying to get into summer night. And there's a storm brewing. There's a storm out there brewing. I'm Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame Duh Lorian. And you're in the bowl. That's right. Uh, You want to chat along live, you can always go to bowlafterbowl.com. Click on Listen Live. That'll get you the stream. We're also streaming live on the No Agenda stream. So welcome, No Agenda Nation listeners. So glad to have you with us. We do have some things to talk about. I want to get into podcasting 2.0 and lightning again, because it's been a long time since I talked about it. And Everybody's talking about it right now, which is great. It's a great sign. You can just feel the momentum building, especially uh, if you're like me. And it's been pretty, pretty quiet since January when I really dove in head first to this brick wall. So I'll have a lot to talk about that tonight. But before we get too deep, we always right up front want to thank people who help us put the show together and talk a little bit about value for value. So Many of you are already aware because you come from the No Agenda world, uh, but this is a value for value podcast. We put our value out there for free. It's yours, and uh, you can choose to consume that and be a mooch and uh, never do anything about it or just, you know, enjoy it forever. It's yours. Uh, But we ask that you don't be a mooch uh, and you return value for any value you may have received out there uh, from the show. And we have so many ways to uh, allow you to return that value. Curry a lot talks about a lot, uh, time, talent, and treasure. And those three things are kind of what you can give. That's like everything a person could possibly give that is a value. And so uh, we have ways to do that. You can always call the voicemail line and uh, leave a first time I ever topic or any kind of commentary on the things you might hear during the show. Uh, And that's all during the week or the live show. Either way, uh, we love participation. Uh, But that's also with treasure, and there's many ways to do that. The the cuck bucks, as they're being referred to, that's kind of the bread and butter, and we will always accept those and take those. Uh, Right now, you can do that via PayPal. Uh, There's a donation page at Bull After Bull. But a lot of the podcasting 2.0 value ecosystem is built upon lightning payments with Bitcoin, and we accept those. Anywhere that uh, Pod two point, uh, Podcasting 2.0 is enabled, there's a lot of different apps emerging. Things like the Sphinx Chat app, things like the Breeze Wallet. Also, Podfriend makes it super easy. We'll talk a little bit more in detail about those in a bit. Um, we also want to thank people who help us out with infrastructure. Um, and definitely, uh, No Debit, who set us our IceCast stream up. That's another thing that I need to like 
delve into and learn another stack that I know nothing about that I just use every week and, well, really every day. And I don't know too much about the, the back end of that thing. Ice cast. Ice cast. But yes, thank you. Thank you for setting that up. Thank you, no debit. Um, we also did have a bowler come in on the PayPal. We have a note as well. All right. Our executive produ- producer for this show, episode 74, is Sir Seat Sitter. Hey, Sir Seat Sitter. Came in with 30 bucks. Thank you. And a lovely note. Uh, thanks again for a quality show to get me through every work week. Spencer, regarding last week's Bull After Bull, double thanks for not critiquing my podcasting performance on our first attempt at the review cast with Boobery that I completely torpedoed with tequila and idiocy, even though you really should have. Please critique and shit all over <laughs> me now, though, so that I can feel better about it. <laughs> Poopity scoop and bowl on, my friends, Sir Seat Sitter. <laughs> Poopity scoop. <laughs> what a sweetheart, Sir Seat Sitter. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really want to, like, lean in full elbow on Sir Seat Sitter in front of all the bowlers and everything. And it wasn't really like, I don't know, these things happen. Uh, I'm sure, uh, I think a few of you were uh, listening live, but we were trying this uh, new podcast about podcasts. Um, I think that the working title has shifted, uh, but I don't know what to say now because we keep uh, changing. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) But uh, Misinformed Nation, I believe. Uh, that was the one. <laughs> oh God, that was live. Sir Seat Sitter asks. Um, I think so. Yeah, I think it was live. Uh, but it wasn't crowded live. Let's put it just that way. Um, yeah, we had agreed to do the show, and um, it was going to be about the rest of the podcasts in the universe. Just us bringing clips. Uh, myself, Sir Seat Sitter, Boobery. Uh, we're trying to get Gwiff involved, but time zones are kind of a pain. We're trying to also find a time slot. And so I think that was the moral of our first try. Um, it was just that uh, late night on a weekend is going to be tough and not always predictable. Uh, and I think that uh, City had some friends over and he had a lot of tequila. And uh, it was just a different, it was a different side of Sir Seat Center <laughs> that I hadn't seen before. But that's the beauty of working with a community and working with people who you've... Uh, already kind of talked to for a, a number of hours, you know, even though we've never met in person. Um, I just knew that uh, it wasn't quite normal. Uh, it wasn't normal Chris coming at me, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't normal Sir Seat Sitter. So um, I, I knew that it was going to be like a, one of those things where it was like, sorry, bro, the next morning. And, you know, these things happen, man. We ain't all mad and uh, critiquing shit all over me now, though is just, I don't know, I, do, I just, you didn't need it that bad. It wasn't as bad as all that, man. It'll be all right. I will say, though, uh, if, if there was one critique or shit on, it was just a blessing that we had already, you know, had episodes with him. Because that's the first time I was ever hanging out with him. Then it would have probably been a different story. I'd have been like, this fucker's drunk on tequila? What? Are you trying to... But... As another thing, I'm not a teetotaler myself. I've got a <laughs> nice little rocks glass of scotch uh, on me, and uh, I get it, man. Saturday night, what are you going to do? It'll happen. It happens to the best of us. happens to the rest of us. What can we say? 
Um, I did go up to St. Joe today. How was that? Interestingly. So I got a, I, my, I got my buyer and offer accepted on this place up north. And uh, the title company's in St. Joe. So I went up to put the check, put the EMD up there in St. Joe. And uh, I figured, hey, I'm in St. Joe. I might as well just swing by the Felix Street Pub, since I'm never up here, and poke, you know, poke my head in, introduce myself, say... Uh, Having gonna, this meet yeah, up here. we're going to be here. <laughs> um, for those of you that didn't hear it on the Thursday episode, uh, we put our promo in for the KC meetup. I guess I might as well just play it, if it will play. I'll have to change my sound settings. Regardless, you know, we're going to have the... Casey meetup up there in St. Joe. It was Sir Bilo who sent in a donation, I think, two Thursdays prior to the one that we were on the show. And I just said, uh, hey, he offered a free shot to anybody who mentioned No Agenda at the Felix Street Pub. So I said, hey, why not have the next Casey meetup go up there? I mean, it's it's about an hour from the city north, but there's a few of our people who are already a little bit north of that, so it's even closer for them. Why not? Why not uh, take the show on the road, as they say? So, also with the with the guy doing the planning, it's like we don't have a uh, KC meetup group chat or like a, a Facebook group. I'm never even on Facebook anymore these days, so that wouldn't work. Or even really on No Agenda Social. Not there's Agenda Social, like we've had two a th- or three thread before. There's like probably at least a dozen KC people on there, um, and then some of them aren't super active on NAS. Some of the people on NAS haven't come to a meetup yet. So there's not really one place where I can just send one message out being like, hey guys, how does this Saturday sound versus the Saturdays, you know, the Saturday next? I can basically text C Mike and like kind of figure it out. But even this time, I just picked a date. I just was like, I'm so busy. This is my only Saturday for a while that I can pull it off. And so I just, without consulting anybody, just because my schedule was so thin, I went with April 17th. Uh, which is when we're going to be going up there. And then I told C-Mike, and he's, like, on call for, like, during that weekend. Oh, dang. So he won't be able to make it. Uh, went up to Felix Street Pub, and turns out he'll be out of town, too. So he's not going to be able to. Oh, no. He's not going to be there, but he is going to get us on the calendar. Um, this was the this was the promo that we came up with. In what seemed like any ordinary donation segment... Sir Bilo's next. One extraordinary knight stepped forward. And he's in St. Joseph, or St. Joe, Missouri. To offer his fellow producers courage in a time of fear. Mention No Agenda at the Felix Street Pub in St. Joseph, Missouri for a free shot of courage. Whoa, whoa, John, are you sure that's what it said? Could you read that again? Mention No Agenda at the Felix Street Pub in St. Joseph, Missouri for a free shot. Join the Kansas City Meetup Crew Saturday, April 17th at 3.33 p.m. at the Felix Street Pub in St. Joe or SVP at noagendameetups.com. Someone's got to report back on what happens. <laughs> so someone will report back definitely on what happens. Um, yeah, I got uh, I got done with my turn in the earnest check. It was like 215, 220, something like that. I was driving to downtown St. Joe. The Felix Street Pub isn't very far from that uh, Museum Hill where all the museums are, which is okay. kind of when we went to St. Joe, that's where we spent most of our day. 
Um, sure, they have like the Jesse James house there, and then yeah, that crazy one with the carousel and all sorts of things going on. Yeah, I even saw the sign for it today, and I can't remember <laughs> it, and I can't pronounce it I when I see it either. It's like the lady's the, name or something. Hey, he house or hey, be it's five letters, but I don't know. <laughs> Very informative here on the bull uh, when it comes yeah. to St. Joe, anyway. But um, <laughs> I got to the pub door and I pulled. And it said pull, and it was kind of already weird. I was like, because it looks like a push, and it's supposed to pull. So I pull, and then it does nothing. And then I look, and it's like, use other door is on the left door. I'm pulling the right door. I'm like, yeah, it's the right door. So I pull again. And then the guy kind of like stands up and is like waving at me. And I'm like, oh, shit. And then he kind of like mumbles through the door. He's like, we're op- we're not open till 4. Open at 4. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And instinctively, I just turned and start walking down the sidewalk. And then I'm like wait a fucking second open till four and i look at my phone and it's like 2 30 2 40 you know i'm like i don't have an hour and a half to to hang around for this pub to open just to shake hands with a dude and so like i go back up to the door and just kind of like you do the little peak head wiggle thing you know <laughs> get him to come back up so i i managed a bar for a couple years in downtown columbia so I know this. I know exactly the feeling that he had, like standing up slowly and being like, "This motherfucker is coming back." <laughs> what does this guy want? So he peeks his head out and he's like, "You know," he just gives me the shrug of like, "And can I still help you?" And I was just like, "Oh yeah, are you Sir Belo?" <laughs> nice. And uh, he hadn't heard the promo. He was like, "Was it on the Easter show?" I was like, "No, it was on the Thursday, the last Thursday one." And I played it for him off my phone. Something I discovered, which I discovered right after I sent the promo to Adam, was uh, that particular promo, I think it's just the low voice filter and how I recorded it, but it sounds like shit on a phone speaker. Like, I remember when... If you, if you don't have any low end, so it sounds dynamite through like my studio speakers here and through my headphones when I've got the cans on. And then I played, because I... Right after I sent it to Adam, I went upstairs and I played it for Lorian. And you couldn't, like, very well hear the deep voice part. Yeah, the music seemed so loud. The music was a little overpowering that, and it was just hard to make out what he was saying. Then it's it's pretty clear on headphones, but not so much if you're listening to it on a cell phone. So I even contemplated, like, going back and trying to scrap it and resend it. But then, I mean, you guys have heard in the past what happens when people try to, like, do corrections and make goods and different shit. I was like, you know what? I sent it, it's in, it's there, just live with it. So I just lived with it. But it's funny because that, uh, that segment is like one of the very last things they do, you know? So there's a lot of drop-off by the to- by that part in the show. And he was like, I think he said, uh, I always listen to the first donation segment, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so then by the time you get to the second one, especially, I get it definitely, you know, if you're listening after, if you're listening in the future and not the live show, which an overwhelming majority of people are those, uh, listeners then you know it's like oh, let's get to the end like just skip this second donation segment i totally get that i i used to do that uh quite frequently miss the meetup reports though oh well you know <laughs> the so meetup fun. reports those are relatively new and i don't think he had any idea that he, you know we had a meetup going no. i looked around and they had a website and they had the facebook um but it all kind of looked like, it hadn't been updated in a minute. Sure, and for so, the Felix pub. Yeah, like, pub. I didn't make a comment anywhere, and I didn't, you know, I didn't chat or nothing, so. Well, was he excited to meet a fellow knight? Yeah, yeah, it was cool. 
Um, so you literally were just like, are you Sir Bilo? <laughs> when he came back to the much. door? Yeah. I was just like, are you Sir Bilo? He's like, yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> um, nice. I don't know if that was actually my opener. It might have been the second or third line. I was just like, hey, I was just going to uh, tell you guys we're going to have the No Agenda meetup up here like pretty pretty soon. The KC meetup, you know? She's like, well, I'm going to be out of town on the 17th, but I'll put you guys on the calendar. I was like, oh, shit. Dang it. That's uh, that's the lack of coordination there. But hey, I mean, these things, if they're going to happen, you know, you just got to pick a date and you got to go with it. And we still have some RSVPs rolling in. So uh, uh, KC folks and, you know, people people who feel like they don't want to go to the city and are too far north. I mean, this is a this is a different type of a city, man. St. Joe is uh, old school, very old buildings, very Missouri, Pony Express. Cool museums. Rich with history. It's it's a trip, man. St. Joe's a trip. Definitely worth it. Did he give you a free shot? He did not give me a free shot. Because they were not open. Because <laughs> they weren't yet. open, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You know, and I wasn't trying to be. Yeah. But he said they'll be around <laughs> for everybody at the uh, at the meetup there. So oh, All right. So we got that uh, verbal agreement. <laughs> that, was a, that was a good trip. Um, what else happened personally? I want to get all the updates well, out before. You recorded that promo while you were smoking that pork. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's So right. we were like brainstorming over promo ideas. And then uh, I know at some point I just fell asleep. <laughs> so, so that I wake up. Uh, I was probably around like four or five and you're like, hey, I made a promo. <laughs> Listen to this. And played it for me on the phone. That was cool. Yeah, I got the smoke rolling at like midnight because we wanted to do the next afternoon, have the pork ready. You know, it takes about 14 hours or so, give or take, for a double butt. So, uh, yeah, I think I sent yeah. it to him at like and that was 5 or 5.15. Right, Wednesday. So well, yeah, it was April Fools. Yep. No, it was thir- it was Thursday morning well, that Thursday I sent it morning. in because yep. I sent it in just right before the show. I mean, you know, a few hours, a few hours. Like, I guess that's uh, f- five hours before the show. Not too shabby. <laughs> reaching in under deadline because I wasn't a hundred percent sure when that break was gonna be. Right. I thought it was gonna start on that Easter, Easter. Sunday. And so I was like, damn, I got to get this promo in because if I wait till after, it'll be too late for people to kind of hear it. So, uh, well, here we are, ready for the 17th. Well, the fizzle, you know, was back in service this weekend. Oh, yeah. Praise be. Yeah. How long has it been since uh, you've had an event? Oh, the last time I had an event. It was before winter, right? Because you left that winter coat in the fizzle. Yeah, it must have been October or November. I'm thinking October. Jeez. And uh, yeah, we had our first one, and most a lot of them I've canceled or postponed. Still, even still. Um, but yeah, we had a rowdy time out there. This this one was at the Tobacco Barn in Holt is the address, but really it's essentially in Kearney, just outside the city limits, north of Kearney. And yeah, a little wedding. It's an outdoor wedding at this uh, barn venue, and <laughs> when the wedding music started, man, there's these cows in a cow pasture adjacent to the venue and so the music started and all these cows just like come up like what what's all this about and they (laughs) just gathered around like totally interested in the ceremony it was very carny cows are cool cows was a fun backdrop for sure then you uh were almost kidnapped by a group of women oh yeah they really wanted me to come to the holiday inn (laughs) afterwards and I was realizing uh, we've never replaced your wedding band. 
which oh, we yeah, which is right. kind of an epic story of how we lost it. <laughs> which one? Uh the original wedding band you got, we were in a four twenty parade. Oh, just a right. rowdy four twenty parade on a float down at Lake of the Ozarks. And yeah, I don't like, remember what happened, but you like moved your hand out to wave or something, and that ring just went flying, rolling down the street behind the float, and we just looked at each other and we're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was that. That, that was, was that. A... Someone got a great ground score, and we've just never replaced it. <laughs> so here you are out in the wild. Well, you know, no sign. No sign. But no I sign. sent I sent you my nude maternity shoot photo and was like, "Here, show them this." <laughs> yeah. I think they had stumbled off to the hotel by the time I had wrapped up everything. So, no danger there. Yeah. I wouldn't worry anyway. Uh, I was egging you on, too, though. Yeah. I was like, go on. Be <laughs> merry. <laughs> take, I said, take photos <laughs> so I can rate them. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. <gasps> and then Easter. Easter was fun. We went up to my buddies with... Uh, she, she, his wife cooked ham and carrots and we hid eggs for the girls and... Oh, and don't forget the green bean casserole and the mashed potatoes and the... a regular feast up pasta there. Pasta salad It was a regular feast up there. The blueberry pineapple dessert that I don't know what it's called. But that was real good. Yeah, it was awesome. And uh, he's got, what, like over 20 acres of land? And so, hid the Easter eggs and then... Uh, He's got a four-year-old who's best friends with our three-year-old. <laughs> and uh, them and the two-year-old, our two-year-old, went hunting for him. And Asina, our two-year-old, kicked their butts. Yeah, she found she the most. She had a bag full of eggs. She found both of the special big eggs. And uh, the four-year-old and the three-year-old are just left in the dust with a handful of Easter eggs. I was really surprised. She was mopping it up. It was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And she's not even the one with a candy problem. No doubt. That's the other two kids. Yep. <laughs> Can I eat this candy now? Oh, man. <laughs> like, did you got, eat a bite of ham? We made the mistake of giving them their eggs, too, on the drive back. And then when we got back to the city, they just had chocolate all over their hands and faces. <laughs> they had, like, eaten a half For, pound of candy, each of them. Yeah. Well, and Maybe not quite, but Jesus. I've seen it so nice. She just hands her eggs over to Rayla. She's like, oh, yeah, sure, you can have more candy. <laughs> You really want it, and I'm, you know, I like candy, but not as much as you. <laughs> but they're funny as heck. Yeah, they are. They they're did, a hoot. They did good at their adjustment again on Monday. Uh, and, of course, we're telling everyone, telling the chiropractors and the assistants, oh, yeah, Easter Bunny came, and I got candy. And Rayla's like, I love Sour Patch Kids. Yep. That's my favorite. And then everyone's like, Asina, what's your favorite? She's like, chocolate. <laughs> She does love the chocolate. Simple. Can't get enough of it. No. Can't get enough of that chocolate. The sweetest part was when she brought that big egg over to you, and she was like, here, Dad, you can have this. Hmm. I was like, aw. And then she just walks right past me. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Where's <laughs> mine? That's all right. Where's mine? I don't need dessert. It's okay. So did you see that 533... Million Facebook users' phone numbers and personal data were leaked online. I did not. Yeah. That seems like a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. The um, PR person, um, I don't know what they call it, ground control, you know, who comes out and makes a statement. 
<laughs> on behalf of Facebag. Uh, she was like, well, it's old data. It's from 2019. And it's like, mm, yeah, mm-hmm. no, no, it's still people's uh, full names and location and their Facebag ID and emails and job and city and marriage status. And wow, that's a lot. When they created their account. Yeah, that's, and I'm just scratching the surface. That's just like <laughs> a little bit. Incident response team. Thank you, Duodenum. <laughs> uh, and they also leaked uh, <laughs> Zuckerberg's uh, info, too, and some of the other co-founders. So uh, I guess there was a Telegram bot that was selling the data. Oh, neat. And you could, like, you could send the bot this, um, like, someone's ID and get their phone number. Or the other way around, you could, like, send in a phone number and get their face bag ID. Um, but now it's all been published online, like on a forum or something. So, yeah, a little like <laughs> pwned list kind of thing. Yeah, love it. Uh, I haven't seen Face Sack since uh, 15, sh- 2015. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Dude. No, it well, it was coming up real close to 2016 because I know people were. Oh, yeah, I guess it was like summer 2016 or fall. Or I something. don't, it was before the election. And I fucking rage quit. <laughs> I put up uh, <laughs> the triangle gif a retard alert from South Park. Uh, and yeah. I was like, you're all fucking stupid or something along those lines. <laughs> because I just, it was at that point where you couldn't say anything about anything political. It was like, you know, if I was like, oh, it's just a turd sandwich versus a giant douche. That would piss people off. Yeah, it was just, you couldn't say anything, and so I was like, I don't need to be attacked online by people that I've known my whole life. This is so stupid. You want to get a hold of me? You have my number. If you don't, you can figure it out. But yeah, I, I triggered a lot of people with that retard alert. That's no for doubt. sure. No doubt. No doubt. And hear the end of that for a while, but fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> did I learn? No. <laughs> Hopefully they did. <laughs> um, then a man in Nebraska. Stole $33,000 over four days in a debit card scheme. Oof. Yeah. So apparently these thefts happened in 2016, but uh, he was just prosecuted last month. And he did confess to the crime, so... He, seems um, like not a big enough haul for like some crimes, you know. Well, it's kind of, it's worse too, because he is uh, he was not behind these schemes. He was at the bottom of the scheme. Oh damn! But if you want to get behind the schemes, Mondays, nine thirty <laughs> p.m. Central. Check it out. <laughs> um, yeah. So he said that he had this acquaintance in California who was sending him debit cards with stolen numbers that he would just ring through these ATMs like every day. Uh. And he was to be paid $2,500 a month uh, when making these withdrawals and then depositing them into different bank accounts. Shit. So, so he's just like a money mule? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, 2500 bucks a month? Like, uh-uh. Nah, that he, ain't enough. <laughs> that ain't enough money for some crime shit, man. He's 70 I'm years sorry. old now. So yeah, that sucks. Um, no additional arrests have been made yet, um, but he got three years probation. Had to pay uh, five, oh, like almost six thousand dollars in fines, thirty six thousand dollars in restitution, and had to forfeit forty thousand dollars in cash. Didn't pay. Uh, no. D- didn't pay. No. Yeah, I was like, man, that the risk to benefit ratio there is <laughs> out of whack. 
Yeah, definitely. No way. No way. But then I was reading a little bit about skimmers that people can put in like ATMs and at gas stations. It's just like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. They'll hide a little uh, thing that reads the cards that go through there. Yeah. And this dude said uh, he bought one off Amazon. Yeah. He was, doesn't surprise I was me. like, wow. All right. It doesn't surprise me. I remember they did this one uh, special right when the RFID chips were getting put into debit cards. And they did this like uh, nightly news investigation special where this guy just put an RFID reader in a briefcase. And he was just able to like go up to people in the food court and like brush by them with his briefcase and then go over to the food court table and be like, yeah, it's their credit card info and everything. And Dang. Just like read it right off of the f- fucking card through their purse. And that's why you wrap them in tinfoil. Yeah. And get those RFID protected wallets or whatever. It's all out there, man. It's wild. And don't forget your tinfoil hat while you're at it. <laughs> you gotta cover some. Soon, once we have that Neuralink, they'll just be able to swipe all your memories and shit too. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, it's okay. All the people that get the Neuralink probably got the uh, mRNA vaccine, and so they'll have false memories implanted. Uh, to wrap up my top 333, did you see? That Pacific Gas and Electric is facing 33 charges for the 2019 California wildfires. I did not. Yep. Apparently their transmission lines sparked the fire. Oh, no. And, uh, you know, 100,000 people had to flee and six firefighters were injured. Well, somebody's got to pay. Somebody's got to pay. That's how it works. <laughs> Noteworthy mention. Um, the headline that was in Wapo 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 was dozens of LGBTQ students at Christian colleges sue the U.S. Education Department, hoping to pressure Equality Act negotiations. Mm. And it was 33 current and past students at federally funded Christian colleges and universities. So it's 33 students, but they put dozens in the headline. Yeah. I don't see that very often. It's WAPO. Yeah. They're not in the, uh, they're not on the wire. Or whatever. They're not in on the schemes. <laughs> no. <laughs> They're just trying to do their own schemes. Uh, yeah. They don't know what to do. Uh, 33 appeared again in the article, though, because 33% of the 600 four-year degree-granting colleges, Christian colleges in this country, uh, have policies against LGBTQ students and their code of conduct. Oh. Uh. Um, but... You know, I was, that just, I don't know why, uh, but it didn't surprise me. I was like, oh, a Christian university, they're probably going to say you're not supposed to have sexual relations outside of marriage. Mm-hmm. And marriage being between a man and a woman. That's just, I don't know. I would just kind of assume that going into things at a Christian school. I guess so. Uh, and if I was like a queer, like let my rainbow flag fly kind of person, I probably wouldn't go to one of those schools. Yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. That's, that's it. That was... <laughs> My first read, I was like, it's "Why are you here?" It's a can of worms, here? isn't it? It's just yeah, like, you know, it's like the bake the cake bigot thing, you know? Like, yeah, you can get a cake somewhere else, and but also you can get a worthless college education somewhere else too. Yes, and you can also, uh, you know, just keep your mouth shut and go to your classes when you have to, and get your shit in and get that degree, and then tell them you're gay. You know, like you don't have to. I suppose there's that too. Like, say <laughs> every day in class. Hey, hey, hey. I'm gay. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. So gay. <laughs> Precisely. Yeah. Well. The mayor's meeting with the homeless camps. Well, before you get into the Kansas City oh, stuff. Oh, okay. I want to talk a little bit about the lightning stuff and 
the coin realm and stuff because I've been working on it for the past few months. Um, getting this podcast on, getting myself back into moving coins around, all of that stuff. Um, I talked about it a bit on a previous episode, 57, Struck by Lightning. And, you know, it was then that I, like, saw the vision that Adam and... Um, that Adam and Dave were laying down and I had caught up to the podcast and I could see where they were going with it. I could see the implications of how money can work and flow and split automatically and how value can be created and accessed by all of the players involved, by all these, you know, all the people we thank, all the people that give art to a show, all the people that do work making community-based chapters, like all of this crowdsourced stuff can be a part-time job in the future when this thing is up and running. And that was sort of the last episode I was talking about was, you know, these vague ideas and these concepts and what it could look like and what I was going to dive into. And I think I made clear last time that like, maybe I didn't understand the technical aspects of what I was about to get into or do, but that I was just going to go get in, uh, start that car up and start driving it. Well, a lot of people have been talking very recently about the podcasting 2.0. Um, there was a couple of key appearances on some key podcasts out there. I think the biggest one was that Paul from the Sphinx chat app went on Tales for the Crypt, uh, Tales from the Crypt. And when he did that episode, like Sphinx exploded and started um, getting a lot more people in the tribes. And um, also that Breeze app kind of in the last couple of weeks put podcasts that have a value block into their app automatically so now if you have the breeze app for instance you can search bowl after bowl and our show will come up you can follow it you can stream a sats from that wallet uh and i've heard other people kind of talking about the lightning system just because they've been hearing about it and so uh a lot of non-coiners will talk about it and i've been hearing the way they approach it and their concerns too and that was from the jump my main mission and goal was like, we got to bring this thing to podcasters and to non-coiner listeners because those are like, all of the non-coiner podcasters are going to want to just open up another faucet of value. Basically, that's what this is. Another receptacle for value to be received. So to be clear about all this stuff, like we're not moving away or discouraging PayPal donations or uh, what the kids are calling cuck bucks, you know, any value is going to have value. Um, we just want another way to do it. And the way that this is done is split more efficiently and you have a lot more options of how to automate it and how to give everybody a tiny little piece of it. I mean, you can't take a PayPal donation and then split 2% off of it and send it anywhere because you got to pay 5% on the 2%. Um, it just doesn't work like that. It's not gonna, it's not going to be efficient to spread little tiny payments around. But when you get on the Lightning Network, you solve all those problems. A lot of the non-coiner stuff, in fact, uh, there was a great hog story last Thursday uh, with Darren O and his wife, uh, Kim, and they talked a little bit about the value for value model and the Lightning thing. Uh, and Carolyn had said, and I've heard her say this before, the, uh, the thing that keeps her hesitant is not understanding some of these more abstract concepts. Uh, all of the technical jargon. Crypto is a lot to wrap your head around. 
and it got me thinking, like, I started throwing around Bitcoin and Dogecoin in like 2013 or something like that. It was like 400 bucks, 13, 14, I don't remember. Um, but I got in and I didn't understand a lot of technical aspects either, but I just, I was driving around. I was moving stuff here, moving it there. It would show up here. It would show up there. If I needed it from a faucet, I knew how to make that faucet, send it to my wallet. If I needed to spend it at a casino, which is most of what I did, I'd send it to the casinos. Um, made it work out. I also kept it, you know, for years. And I think mainly just because it was on software on old laptops that I never accessed. Um, but the thing about it is I kind of, I kind of thought of it this way and I want everybody who's never coined to start thinking this way about it. I think like using Bitcoin or using the, the lightning payment systems or any kind of crypto, uh, cryptocurrency is a lot like driving a modern car, like a super modern brand new car. And what I mean by that, uh, the analogy I think works in a lot of different ways, but the main one is this. How do you drive a super modern car? How do you learn to drive one? Oh, well, first you've got to get in it. you got to get in it. you got to get in it. Preferably, you have somebody in the passenger seat who knows how to drive a car. And then you drive somewhere. And then you drive somewhere else. And then you drive somewhere else. Uh, can you pull up the Wikipedia page for the automobile and spend any... How, how long on that Wikipedia page before you learn how to drive a car? <laughs> It's impossible, right? Okay, if you go to the car and you open the hood and you look in that hood and study all the parts, maybe you got a mechanic and you're asking him, what's that do? What's that do? What's this do? How long before you learn how to drive that car? I'm still not going to know. You can't know. You cannot know how to drive the car until you get in the car and you turn it on and you drive somewhere. That's it. So if, if you're waiting to first understand some sort of uh, technical understanding of how it works uh, or how to make it go uh, or you want to read something first or you want to watch a video that explains it. Think about that. Think about watching a video and learning to drive a car. Thinking about uh, hearing somebody you trust tell you how to drive a car. None of that actually translates to getting in and driving the car. Um, I, we drive because your grandparents bought it for us. Uh, a 2020 hybrid, Toyota hybrid. The thing is more complicated than should be possible for any like object at all. I don't, I don't know if anybody knows everything about how that car works. There is an electric motor and a gas motor in it. It has an automatic transmission. It has a computer that runs all of the heads up display for the radio, for the Bluetooth when I want to connect it. Uh, it has a readout on whether the engine's on or whether the battery's on, how much battery I have charged if my car is charging as it idles down the uh, down the hills and I'm not putting my foot on the accelerator. The battery's recharging. Uh, meanwhile, it's displaying that. It's doing that. Uh, there's oil. There's, you know, the spark plugs are firing. All of these different things are happening in the car. And I have like a very tiny base understanding of some of them. I know how to change oil, but what, what do I actually know about the car? Nothing. But am I ever afraid to get in and drive it? No. It's like second nature to me. 
And I think that one of the things about crypto is like your parents and grandparents, you didn't grow up like watching people send crypto around. So there is that kind of mysteriousness to it. There is that it's not familiar. Um, but I want everybody to just dispel with this notion that you have to understand what the fuck's going on before you get a wallet and start throwing stuff around. Um, it's going to be something that you will probably, I, I don't understand all of the technical aspects of Bitcoin, probably never will. It's just not, uh, the, the, uh, you know, it'd be like knowing every aspect of, uh, a certain programming language, you know, you're not going to know every single keyword, code word, um, all of that in an entire library. And even if you did, what good is it going to necessarily do you if you don't use some of those things? So what I'm trying to drive home is the way to get familiar with it and start is to just get a wallet and get a little bit of value into that wallet and then try to send it places. Obviously, you're not going to be wanting to start out with money that you don't want to lose. Um, the, when I first got started in crypto, I mentioned faucets. That's what I did was I got on and got faucets. Faucets still exist, and what a faucet does is it gives you just the tiniest incremental amount of Bitcoin for clicking through ads or for watching a video or some other mundane tasks. Uh, a lot of them are really crappy, and they have adware and all kinds of bullshit. So it's tough to really, you know, have a great faucet to go to. But there are some out there, and that's how I got my very first start. And it's a good way just to have a negligible amount that you're throwing around and just learning how to send it to different places. If there's a lightning wallet you want to start with, I would go with the very simplest one that I've ever seen, which is Wallet of Satoshi. And you can just send uh, lightning right into it. It lets you buy Bitcoin inside of it through MoonPay. Um, if you want to go that route, there's a lot of different options. Another thing... Um, people have been talking about is with these micropayments or with opening up channels like, oh, I don't want to ever move my Bitcoin. It's way too expensive and the fees are crazy. Like if you want to move $20, you're going to pay an $8 fee, a $10 fee, a $12 fee. Uh, another thing that should be studied when you're moving coin around is fees and how they work. You can look up average fees and I'll uh, include a link to a good site for that in the show notes but basically there's the average fee that will get processed if you have a lower fee it's just going to take longer because your transaction is not going to be prioritized um, but you know an, when an average fee might be 24 25 sats per value block you can get it through on seven or eight sats of value block you're just going to wait longer. You're going to wait 24 hours. And when people are opening up channels, that's not really going to be that big of a deal, that big of an issue. It's not like you were trying to buy something right away. You're not paying for a meal at a restaurant. You're opening a channel, which is going to stay open, preferably long term. That's the whole point of the channel and building the Lightning Network, is you want to keep that payment channel open as long as possible so that value can come in and out of it uh, while the fees are still minimized. And get the most bang for your buck, uh, zooming that in and out. For the podcasting 2.0 project, 
I guess at the very big picture level, it's like a way of thinking and a lifestyle almost. It is the value for value model just on steroids. Um, all you need is a podcast on an RSS feed and then you need a place that receives those sats. So a node, one thing that I'm working on that I'm going to be starting here in this next uh, coming week is diving into a concept they call the uncle Jim method. I call it the uncle buck method because he's my favorite movie uncle, uncle buck. But basically on this uncle method, you're onboarding people onto your own nodes so they don't have to worry about the setting up of the node part. Now, I know there's people doing it uh, for fees, this and that. Um, I'm willing to get everybody onboarded strictly on value-for-value value basis, so I'm not going to ask for a fee, uh, and I'm not going to refuse a fee either. That, But that is entirely up to you uh, if you put your podcast onto my node. Once I get that figured out, though, that's what I'm going to be doing for people. And... Uh, that way, going back to the vehicle analogy, it's like carpooling, you know? You don't want to have your own car. You don't want to have to worry about buying gas for it. You don't want to have to worry about maintenance. These are all things, by the way, that you need to do uh, when owning a node or, you know, when sending sats anywhere. So you carpool with a guy, and the guy has the car, and he takes care of it. That's what I want to be doing uh, for people that don't even want to go that far. But with the node streaming... Uh, you still have to have a wallet eventually for that to land in. Now, I want to talk a little bit about wallets and what they are and what they do. A wallet can be, you know, when I very first started, there was paper wallets, but nobody really talks much about or uses those anymore. But there could just be a piece of paper with your keys written on it, and that was your wallet. Your wallet doesn't contain Bitcoin like you would think of a money wallet. Your wallet contains keys, so public keys and private keys. And your wallet uh, uses those keys to sign a signature when a transaction is made, just basically saying that you authorize it, that you make that transaction. So your, your keys are as safe as your wallet is, and your wallet can be a software. Your wallet can be uh, on an exchange. Your wallet can be a hardware wallet, which is the most secure. So if you're doing a long-term storage or you want to hold... Uh, the smartest place to do that is in what's called a hardware wallet. It's just a little device. Typically, it'll have one or maybe two buttons. They're very simple. Uh, the reason for them being simple is the less parts on them or the less features they have, the less vulnerabilities they have. And so just something incredibly simple where you'll be able to push a button to um, kind of validate your keys. And then what, what my plan is, what I want to do with people piggybacked is I want to get you also a hardware wallet and um, as you get those sats streamed in you know as you hit certain levels you want to be able to throw those into cold storage the the percent that you want to sell or the percent that you want to hold excuse me um, that's something that everybody should be able to do and think about another thing and what I've really been doing with a lot of the sats I've been streaming is that gives me the ability to return value to other podcasters on this network. So I'm boosting in Sphinx with these things. I'm streaming in Breeze with these things. Uh, I'm just shooting them around. Uh, I also got my own node on a Raspy Blitz set up. Uh, so I talked a little bit about that on the previous Lightning episode. I had a voltage node. That's what I got up and running. That's what I still have running. Uh, and remember I said it was kind of like 
a rented node, and the Raspi Blitz is the node that you own. And uh, I had some kind of opinions on that back then, and some of those have kind of shifted as I've used both. And I'm still very much in the early stages of exploring the Raspi Blitz. It just got synced in like on on Sunday. So I only have a channel to myself open from that right now. It's just like, it's just over there chilling, mainly. I've been sending sats from myself to myself through it. So I know it's working. It's shooting. Um, I could put Sphinx Relay on that. I could actually, uh, Paul told me, I can pull my voltage node off of voltage and onto this Raspi Blitz if I want. Uh, there's a lot of different options that you have. But basically what I'm trying to say... This is just, there's a lot of different methods of transportation. Um, but a lot of people are just worried about the deep technical aspects of it. They like see a uh, public address and they're like, oh shit, what's this big long number? Um, it's really not that difficult as long as you are comfortable ignoring this shit you don't need to know. Uh and when it's something like crypto, that feels kind of scary. That feels kind of like, oh my God, well, what if I don't know how to, you know, set up a node and run it? What if I don't know this or that? Uh, it's, it's just like that car. You need to know how to turn it on, you know, know where the gas goes in, you need to know how to steer it. And then you need to know where you're going. You have a destination, which is an address. Where is that getting sent? And is it being received? All of these things, because of how Bitcoin works, especially if you're on-chain, all of those can be looked up. You can go to the Blockchain Explorer, and you can look up all the transactions. You can see if it's confirmed, how long it's taken, all that kind of stuff. So all of these things are accessible, but until you actually start driving down the road, you're, not, you're just going to remain forever in that state of well, I don't really know enough. I don't really know enough. And, you know, it'd be, it'd be like refusing to drive until you learn how to rebuild an engine. It's just, uh, it's just, you don't, you don't need all of that. You don't need all of that knowledge. I want to talk about another thing that is mindset when it comes to Bitcoin, because it's, it's kind of almost annoying when people are hyper, hyper focused on, the value in U.S. dollars of the certain assets now and then tomorrow and then the next day and then the next day. Oh, it went down. Oh, it went back up. Oh, it's up. Oh, it's down. Uh, from when I bought in at 400, it's up like over 10,000%. Something ridiculous. Um, every four years, there's what's called the halvening. So the way blockchain is mined, when a block is solved, the miners that solve that block are rewarded with some Bitcoin. Every four years, the amount of that Bitcoin per block rewarded is cut in half. And so that's why if you look at the history chart, you can kind of see these wild freakish explosions every four years in the price. Uh, and I think there's like one or two happenings left, but eventually there's going to be a limit. There's going to be the end. It's going to be all the Bitcoin mined that's mined. And really, I think that's when we'll see the true kind of price and, and long-term value of Bitcoin. The thing that's wild to me is it makes sense that Bitcoin goes up in value as it happens, you know, as it, uh, as that number drops of sats per value block awarded. But it also kind of demonstrates 
how weak the dollar has been and how the value of that has been sinking. And that's kind of the other side of the angle that people don't really realize why Bitcoin is going up like crazy. And really, plenty of shitcoins, too, uh, do the same thing. So I wanted to talk about one of the most famous stories in uh, Bitcoin lore, which you may have heard of the Bitcoin pizza guy. So way back in 2010, uh, this guy uh, named Laszlo, he made a post on a Bitcoin forum. And basically he said, let me pull up the old post. I think it's here. Uh, What he said basically was, hey, I want a pizza. I want a couple of pizzas and I want to pay in Bitcoin. I'll pay 10,000 Bitcoins for two pizzas. Uh, He says, like, maybe two large ones, so I have some left over for the next day. I like having pizza left over to nibble on later. He said, you can make the pizza yourself or you can and bring it to my house or you can order it for me from any delivery place. But basically what I'm trying to do here is get food delivered in exchange for Bitcoins where I don't have to order and prepare it myself. Uh, Just bring it over. He's out of Florida. And um, the same day, I think, let's see. No, it was a few days later. Looks like it took four days, but somebody finally said, yeah, okay, uh, I'll figure it out. This other user, Jerichos, uh, took the 10,000 Bitcoins, gave him two pizzas, and history was made. So one of the reasons that this is so historical uh, obviously on its face value, is the price point, 10,000 Bitcoins. And uh, every, every, every year on Bitcoin Pizza Day, everyone like gathers around and looks at the current price of Bitcoin uh, and chuffs about how much those two pizzas cost this guy. I'm going to plug it in right now, and it looks like $577,300,000 is what 10,000 uh, 10, Bitcoins are worth right now. And so the, uh, the mental trap that everybody goes right into immediately is to say that this guy paid $577,300,000 for these ten, uh, two pizzas, which obviously he did not do. This guy never did that. Uh, he paid 10,000 coins for him. The other, he sure, he, so I guarantee you he had more than 10,000 bitcoins around to spend on it. And he paid at the time what was worth about 40 bucks for about 25 bucks worth of pizza. He intentionally uh, overvalued the offer because he knew that it was inconvenient to do this in the first place. He knew that uh, in order for it to be worth somebody else's while, it would have to be over the value because they were going to bring in pizza or set it up or however. Ended up, I think, being Papa John's or Domino's that just got delivered to him. But at any rate... Uh, I think people get lost in this whole um, gambling game of like, how much money did I make? How much money did I lose? How much money did I make? How much money did I lose? Um, I always talked about getting into Bitcoin early on, and I only put like 50 bucks in, you know. And I was also doing faucets and this and that and gambling. And when I was up, the, the you know, I lost money, money every time I uh, gambled with it. But when the market was up enough, I just got my money back out. So fraction, you know, it was like more than what I put in for a fraction of the Bitcoin that I had around. And that was it. Like I dusted my hands off and that's it. The rest of that money was never U.S. dollars. 
not too long ago in one of the wallets I was using, I doofed it up and I lost the wallet. It was gone. It was emptied out. Um, you know, did I pull my hair out of, oh my God, I lost X amount of dollars. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bummer, but it's a lesson learned too. And we don't, we can't get wrapped up in that's the loss of something that I didn't even lose. You know, what did you really lose? It's the same on the other end. People are saying, oh, I'm getting streamed. And it's like, you know, I was, I was very excited on Saturday because I'm hearing all this talk of no one will ever stream sats to podcasts. And then we get 6,300 sats streamed uh, over the course of the day. You know, this isn't all just dumped at once. This is over the course of the day streaming through. And so you could, you could just go furiously look that up. Oh, 6,300 sats. That sounds cool. And then you look it up and it's like $3 and some change, you know? And so then on the other side, people are like, well, that's really not worth all the time to set it up and I'm only getting $3 and six. No, you're not getting dollars. You're getting Satoshis, you're getting Satoshis and it's completely different. Um, do I think that the value will increase? I think it will. I think it will continue to do so. I was skeptical when I first got in, but I didn't really care as much and I wasn't invested. I was just mainly playing around. That turned out to kind of work out all right. Um, mainly I used Bitcoin just to buy weird random shit you can buy Bitcoin for. Uh, and also, like I said, to gamble. Because I don't really like gambling with money, but I love gambling. <laughs> and so there's your perfect uh, compromise. You know, you're gambling with real fake money. This is kind of my justification when I always <laughs> did it in my head, you know. Um, and it's way easier to lose not, you know, not real money. Because then even though you're kind of kicking yourself, like, that was degenerate and stupid looking back. Like, I should have just thrown it in a vault. And then, just like Pizza Boy, you know, I did want to play uh, one clip that's in here because it's so uh, just demonstrating, like, if you're taking this scarcity mentality of what did I lose, then you're just like the mainstream media. This is from 60 Minutes. A Bitcoin was worth less than a penny when Laszlo Hunyats first traded Bitcoin for pizza nine years ago. We calculated that if Hunyats had held on to all the Bitcoin he used back then to get various items, much of it pizza, by the time of our interview, those Bitcoins would have been worth... $800 million. Yeah. So, okay, sorry, let me just get this straight. You spent about $800 million on pizzas. Well, if you look at today's exchange rate... Are there nights you wake up, like, in a cold sweat where you think... I could have had $800 million if I hadn't bought those pizzas. I, I think thinking like that is, is not really good for me. So at least the guy uh, understands. But, you know, Cooper makes that immediate jump that everybody just makes. Like, oh, so you spent $800 million. And uh, by the way, I don't think that calculation is accurate. This was run in 2019, but we're not going to get into <laughs> that right now. Uh, you spent $800 million on two pizzas. That's the takeaway. And it's like, no, 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 I didn't. I spent 10,000 uh, 2010 Bitcoins on it. 2010. It's a different time. Now, another way, because uh, a lot of people are like, well, I would just never stream all of my sats away because I'm a holder long term, baby. I hold, I hold, and I don't do nothing but hold. Well, what you can do is, you know, if you're giving value to podcasting, say you're giving 20 bucks, whatever that is in sats, you know, that's a. That's a lot more than people are uh, shooting out there in sats because people get really uh, scarce mentality with those sats. And they're like, I can't just throw them around. I can't just send them. Um, 
I'm usually boosting 420. Adam's usually boosting 333. Like, those are negligible amounts right now. Uh, maybe someday we'll look back like the pizza guy and go, oh my God, I boosted everybody 420 sats oh. like it was just nothing. I'm like, no, no. If it's really that big of a deal to you, then you can make a list of all the sats that you've used in a given week. Uh, and, you know, if you're boosting 420 sats to, let's say, 20 guys every day, um, you know, that's like 9,000 sats a day, whatever that is during the week, you just you just refresh, refresh up, whatever that is, boom, fill it back up with sats. Then you're spending USD, you're spending that much money, you still have your sats at the end. But what I'm finding in a lot of these Sphinx environments is I'll boost people freely, but I'm also in there helping, giving advice, uh, sending pictures in some of the tribes, interacting with people, giving people value, and my comments get boosted too. So I find my wallet on most days, even though I'm boosting people, is higher than when I started the day out. Uh, and that's, that's what this is all about. It's about we're able to give and receive freely without some credit card company standing in the way without some federal government standing in the way, without all these people who have to take a piece and make sure that you're saying the right thing or doing the right thing or thinking the right thing, we can operate outside of these systems of slavery that have been created. We just have to get in the car and learn how to drive it. And I'll sit in the passenger seat with you. I'll do it. I'll take you around the block. It's not scary. It's, it's fun. It's cool. And when you finally start sending and receiving and figuring out what you can do with them. Now, here's another thing. And um, I'm going to mention Carolyn again. I'm, I'm not trying to pick on her. I just want to address like a lot of concerns that I've heard from her. Uh, and on a previous show, she had said how you can't buy bread with it. You know, like I can't do this or that with it. And I was kind of amused to learn when I opened up my uh, Breeze wallet they have a bunch of different apps in this Breeze wallet. So if you go to Breeze and you're in the wallet, and I'm getting to it here, you can look up your balance. You can look at podcasts and search those. Uh, there's a point of sale, so you can just have your own business and you can go beep, boop, 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 and charge for items and make an itemized receipt for however many sats. Hmm. And then you can produce a QR code and show it to somebody and say, here you are, sir. This is the order uh, total. So you can... Have your own point of sale in a wallet built in. If you want to charge people sats for shit at a garage sale, you can do it through Breeze. That's cool. But the coolest part, and with a funny twist at the end, one of these apps that they have right plugged into uh, the Breeze wallet is called Spindle. And what Spindle does is it basically generates a virtual debit card for you and loads it with crypto. And then you can go and you can spend that Anywhere that has Android Pay or Apple Pay or anywhere, which is any place that accepts a debit card that has a debit yeah, card swiper. Everywhere. So if you want to go to the grocery store and buy some bread, you can already do that in the Breeze app right now. Wow. There is one caveat to that, though, which is hilarious. Uh, the exception to that is if you're a U.S. person. So here huh. in the U.S., the land of the free... Uh, we are not allowed to sign up for a Spindle account. But you, Carolyn, up there in the great north, uh, you can still uh, use Spindle if you wish to buy bread uh, with Bitcoin. So I think that a lot of the th mis 
uh, perceptions about crypto going on, they just happen because people are only one toe in. Um, and I even see it with longtime coiners. I mean, I was a longtime coiner myself, and I already admittedly didn't know much about coining. You know, I just didn't. I knew enough to do with it what I wanted to do. I knew how to get in the car and start it and drive it to the casino, you know, <laughs> and then drive it back home. That's what I needed how to do. And that was it. And that was all I needed to know. Uh, nowadays, I have new needs and I have new interests. And so that knowledge is expanding. Um, but the list of things you can't do with crypto is just about going away. And the only reason that it's come this far is exactly because of guys like this that in 2010 bought two pizzas with 10,000 Bitcoin. Because this is not a stock. This is not a, um, I don't know, people, people like to say whatever it, Bitcoin is. Like Some people just say it's a straight up scam. There are scams that people will run to try to steal your Bitcoin. 100%. Absolutely. Uh, Telegram bots, all kinds of different things that will try to steal your Bitcoin. Uh, siphon you off, screw you over, they'll try to steal your keys. Uh, coming back to the car analogy, that's the whole uh, thing that you really have to learn with security. It's all about those keys, just like a car. I mean, that's the whole point uh, or purpose of being able to drive your car anywhere in the city. And I say anywhere, you know. I mean, <laughs> there's certain places you don't want to drive your car. But for the most place, you go to a parking lot, you leave your vehicle worth thousands of dollars in a parking spot and you walk away from it and the reason that you can do that is because the car has a key and the key goes with you the key doesn't stay with the car that's a similar thing in the crypto world where you have to keep track of those keys and you have to make sure those don't get exposed and so you know that's that's one of the the learning things in the journey where does the gas go in how do i pay for bitcoin how do, where's my key how do i keep it safe where am i going what's the address these little Simple questions are enough for anybody to bite off, chew on, and figure out. Um, and if you ever want help with that, I'm on No Agenda Social at Sir Spencer. And you can also email Spencer at bullafterbull.com. But come on in. Let's get uh, let's get with it. Uh, I'll be sending out more info for the No Agenda stream folks first because I want to get them going first once I figure out the uncle system. But I think we're going to have a beautiful time together. I think it's going to a fantastic journey and really I'm not interested in what I'm making every day right now in this early infancy stage when nobody is regular people haven't even heard of this yet um, not interested that I'm only making three dollars on a weekend um, because that's not what's going on I'm making thousands of sats I'm making thousands of sats every weekend and you could be too and you should be too um, so let's do it together let's go into the storm. All right, stay in the passenger seat. <laughs> Take me for a spin around the block. Buckle up, Buttercup. <laughs> oh, I, you brought up like, <laughs> see, I feel like my questions are irrelevant because I'm one of those people that you know I just kind of watch from the sideline. And I'm like, oh, I'm a spectator. <laughs> I mean, this is what I told Booberry at the end of that uh, first show we recorded, um, and I think Sir Seat Sitter had to leave by that point. But you know, he was like. He was hesitant. He did exactly what you just did. He did exactly what you just did. He said, well, I have a couple questions, but I don't want to, I don't know. You, you're like, I don't want to look like a dumbass, or I don't want to be talking out of school. Um, I'm here to tell you guys, like, we're going to be, it's like I said on the first time, you know, I don't know everything either. 
Um, but we're going to be putting this together and we're going to be talking about it. We have to be talking about it with each other. We have to yeah. ask these questions because we don't understand and we want to understand more. Just like when you're driving a car, like you wouldn't hesitate to ask, oh, what does this do? Oh, what does that sign mean? Oh, I just drove by a sign I've never seen before. What does that sign back there mean? And you got to you got to communicate. We got to talk about it. We got to figure it out together. And you maybe ask me a question I don't know the answer to and we can figure it out together. The beautiful thing about this community is there are dudes on these Telegram uh, channels, dudes on these Finks tribes that will jump in and answer the questions for you. Um, Rootsall, the guy that uh, came, that is the main dev of the Raspy Blitz, accessible, he'll help you. Uh, all these guys will help you out. So um, that never be afraid to ask a question. Okay, my question was, uh, like, what's a, the difference between a node and a channel? So a node is basically the machine that routes all of the payments. Okay. When I have a node, it has a wallet inside that node where my payments can land. And then from that node, I can open channels. Uh, actually, I do want everybody, if you're listening and you're not driving in your car or whatever, or later on when you're not driving, pull up gopodcasting.org. Gopodcasting.org. A lot of people have said, oh, this chart's stupid. It doesn't really have that much information about uh, what you need to know. Oh, it's all huge. It, all it has is the nodes' names, the uh, amount in there, which people are hesitant about, and uh, and then it just has a percentage of the top node. So how much of a percentage versus the very highest node there that that is, and then how much of that percentage is actually here in the podcasting space. All of these nodes represent nodes that are associated with a value tag in the podcast index. It's as simple as that. So you can see bowl after bowl there. Uh, you can see the podcast index on there. You can see Curry Cash, AC Podcast Wallet. He has a couple of different nodes. A lot of different shows have their nodes on there. But the lines between them are channels. So the lines between them represent direct connections from a node to another node where sats can flow through so just as a as an example on here as i'm looking if this game 2b node needs to send sats over to our podcast bowl after bowl the lightning network is going to try and find the shortest method the shortest cheapest most efficient method to hop to us um, this map taught me channels that was the most frustrating thing for me when I got in in January and I was like, all right, I'm not really able to connect with certain people and it's frustrating me. Uh, I'm not seeing all of my messages in Sphinx and that's frustrating me. Um, I could tell that something was not going right. And at the time I only had like one channel, you know? Uh... And so if you want your node to be more accessible, you've got to open up these other channels. And this helped me see where the big stuff is. Uh, the bigger channel that you're connected to, the more liquidity you're going to have, the more, uh, the bigger your ability is to move in and out and bigger chunks. If something's too big and it can't fit through your channels, it's not going to be seen because it can't get through. Something else that people don't realize about the Sphinx app, and I guess also about podcasting 2.0 separately, is these things are, um, they're not necessarily apps. Like, Yes, there's a Sphinx chat app, but Sphinx Relay is just a, a method 
which uses the the LND software to basically add text to a lightning transaction. So every text you're sending, every text you're receiving, it's all a lightning transaction. It's not that they made a texting app and then added a lightning wallet to it. It's literally like all of the users are nodes and these nodes are talking to each other via payments. So everything's a payment. Gets sent, gets received. It's a little tiny micropayment with the message and maybe the picture embedded into it. Uh, same with podcasting 2.0. It's not an app or it's not a number of apps or it's not an app certification. Po- the podcast index itself is just a backend with an API so that developers can come along and build podcasting apps uh, or other value-driven apps. Uh, remember way back when I had my wild-ass idea about uh, recipes for sats, for instance. Uh, yeah. I've been working on too much, and I am also too junior to build an app myself. Like, I could do a website, but for a full app, you know, it would need to be a more collaborative thing, I'm, think. I'm thinking, at least at this point in my life, with, with this level of knowledge that I have. So over time, we're going to see companies start. We're going to see teams start. We're going to see open source projects start. And the podcast 2.0... Is just a database they can plug into that already conveniently has all of those shows and what they are and who they're by and all of the good little metadata that's associated with them. So you can just plug that as your backend and you don't have to build a database. And you don't have to rely on Apple's database, which they can fuck with. In fact, uh, uh, Dave and Adam are under the suspicion that Apple will probably soon do away with the index, with their index anyway. Mm. And now that podcast index is you know, up and running, they have even more reason to be able to do that. You know, it's not like the sky will fall if they do it now. Yeah. Uh, Duodenum in the bowl chat said, nodes are servers, channels are connections. That's right. Which, yeah, that clicked in my brain. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense to me. On the chart, and I'm such a visual person, so that's why the chart helped me out so much. On the chart, all the circles are nodes and all the lines between them are channels. And, uh, that's how all these things talk to each other and move sats around. Cool. Well, yeah, you're going to have to take me for a spin around the block to learn all of this. Cause it's all right. Hey, I'm going to go upstairs for a second and get the kids. Okay. Then, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a kid wandering around the house. <laughs> it's a little wander, but it's it's not a big deal. Should we uh, pause the recording? No, we can or- keep it going, and uh, I want you to talk a little bit about the KC stories. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> but yeah, I will. Uh, I will document my journey getting into the the car of crypto because I've just been watching Sir Spencer do it, and um, you know, just trying to ask questions and trying to. <laughs> he's right. I think he's right. You have to just get in and drive. Um, so. Yeah, so I had brought up two or three weeks ago these homeless encampments in Kansas City, one in particular um, over in Westport. And then, uh, you know, since I brought it up, I figured I ought to follow up on it and uh, keep the updates coming. So apparently there was a bigger encampment that started months before uh, the one that I had mentioned, which began when we had our cold front move in the two weeks of hell in February 
um, after a homeless man died in the cold. And it turned into a protest where people were camping out there as a form of protest, trying to be seen, trying to have the city give them a house instead of putting them in a shelter or referring them to services, temporary services. So the one, the encampment at City Hall decided to name themselves recently the Kansas City Homeless Union. And they have written out a list of demands, which are available for the public to view in a Google Doc. Um, (laughs) They use the term, they refer to themselves as unhoused, which I had brought up last episode, I believe. It's like, what? Unhoused? Like, I've heard experiencing homelessness now, but unhoused is a new one to me. And this Google Doc, I was laughing out loud when I read it (laughs) earlier. Um, They said, on January 28th, 2021, unhoused leaders from across Kansas City came together in a park and decided to form a union. Okay. Nobody else that's not walking in our shoes gonna tell us what to do. Teach us how to fish and we'll eat forever. The homeless have unionized and we're here for what we deserve. At our first meeting, we discussed our demands. We are not satisfied with a warming shelter and some blankets. We need homes. We need water. We are targeting the city until we get what we are owed. And uh, in bold, their demands. Homes. Jobs. Water. <laughs> a seat. <laughs> uh, but the, the <laughs> you scroll down a little bit more, uh, and they talk about how serious they are, which at this point, I'm just like, peeing my pants laughing um and um they're like yeah we don't want your money to hotels we don't want warming centers we don't want handouts we got a voice and we finna use it (laughs) and that's how they end their list of demands (laughs) oh man and then they have casey homeless union headquarters with the address to city hall (laughs) i got back just in time yeah you did that was the best part. Uh, I did read uh, your notes when you sent them up. Okay, but. yeah. So last week around, after our show day, so it was Wednesday, uh, KCPD said, hey, we're having a lot of trouble with these encampments. Crime rate's going up. We confiscated a bunch of illegal weapons. Uh, there's some violence. The stores have been looted around the area. Their stores are having to hire security guards. Um, and the employees in one shop in particular, we've been to this little like hippie, uh, produce store, like organic produce. Uh, they're just getting hit real hard. So they had to hire a security guard and they said their employees are too scared to walk to their car because they get Jesus. harassed by these, um, unhoused folks <laughs> with an X, I guess. <laughs> um, so the police were like, we're giving them, um, city hall. I believe it was to be removed Sunday. And the Westport one was going to be removed Monday. So then the next day, (laughs) the encampments fought back by buying plastic fencing and wrapping it around their little block. And they're like, we're not going to go. You can't move us. We got this plastic fence. And it's not even a fence. You know, it's like that plastic. uh, Yeah, like an event barrier or something. uh, Yeah, like a netting. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, oh my gosh, but what happens? What happens? Plot twist. Oh. Mayor Lucas goes and talks to them on Saturday. That'll solve it. On Sunday, 
on Monday, <laughs> today, and he's talking to them again tomorrow. Wow. So, so they, these guys just kicking it with the mayor every day. He's just sitting there for like 20 minutes at a time with all the big journalists sitting there with their phones recording audio, which is why their audio sucks so bad in their <laughs> media reports, uh, and, you know, taking notes, although their stories are not saying at all what he's saying. They've simply identified that the Kansas City Homeless Union has a leader, and his name is Gaddafi. <laughs> oh, no. Is yeah. he trying to make a new currency at first based I was on like, gold? At first I was like, Gaddafi. But then it's like, no, Gaddafi with a Q. Gaddafi. I see. Um, And my there was one clip. I didn't clip it because, like I said, the audio quality is just god-awful. But the video is hilarious because this this guy, he's talking one-on-one with the mayor. And they're both wearing their face diapers. And then he pulls his off and just starts doing the point. Like, the hard point, just, like, slamming his finger in the mayor's Uh face and just, like, spitting all over. And the mayor just sits there and takes it. I'm like, what is going on? These business owners are getting ticked off. It's One lady... so wild what the mayors will put up with. Like the Portland mayor did the same thing with the Antifa guys, you know? And these people, you can sit there and like let them tantrum and it just allows them more, you know? They're not going to, there's never going to be anything that's like good enough. No, it'll never be good. No, they want their, they told us what is good enough for them. And it's a house with water, a job, and a seat at the government table. So they want they want <laughs> they want a house and a job and running water and a city council seat. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. That seems reasonable. And they're a union. Dang nabbit. They're the homeless union. The homeless union. Yeah, Kansas City Homeless Union. Local homeless <laughs> union forty two. 33? Yeah. They said they say with their water demands, uh, the city should guarantee showers, bathrooms, and hand-washing stations for everyone. I'm like, man, you can come pay my water bill anytime <laughs> no you doubt. want. Because it's, uh, it's uh, not too bad, but I still pay for water, so where's my free water? Where's my free house? <laughs> uh, yeah, I thanks, just... Thanks for who, rolling for, with that punch, though. No problem. Are the kids all right? Everybody's cool up there. Uh, they were just moving chairs around, but <laughs> they just wanted water, uh, so they were actually trying to fill their water cups up, oh, but they couldn't get to the sink. I gotcha. I just, I had to go up there and do it, because I knew that you had the stories to talk about next, and so... I know, but you're I on was, such a good uh, crypto roll. I know, I was kind of at the end of it anyway. And then and then you get to me, and I'm like, duh, duh, Lorian. <laughs> oh, come on. It's all right. I'll sell yourself short. I'll, I'll write my, I'll write it like a kids book on getting into crypto as you get me into it because that's that's the learning level i'm at with this you know yeah and that's fine like because it's just like i don't even know where to start like uh, is the first step setting up a wallet and then if so like is that a third party is that something i have to code out on my own like you pick a wallet you want to use and uh why don't you just start with uh you start with lightning of satoshi or i mean wallet of satoshi which you can get on your phone and then I'll shoot you sats through it. Okay. For Sounds f- good. For free, for no fee, I can do that uh, if I just open a channel to the to the node, you know? Yeah. It's confusing. I think we should write a children's book on this. Yeah. <laughs> it would be fun. <laughs> we could, oh, we can make songs? We can make cryptos? <laughs> I, I, still, I still say, though, that uh, 
people are worried they don't know how to change the oil in the car that they haven't learned to drive. Like that that's the big takeaway. Right. Like if I could boil it down into one sentence, it's that one. Let's just drive around. Just drive yeah. around. Let's take a drive. Let's take a drive behind the curtain. <laughs> oh man, I thought you'd never ask. Uh, well, I do have one clip for you to play. Oh, I love it. Before we, we get clips. into like fun news. Oh. Um I will say the magic number has been kind of quiet this week. Yeah. Uh, this one is about the vaccine passport, the clip I'm looking for. Okay. Um, but the only magic number I saw this past week related to the coof was that Pennsylvania has vaccinated 33% of those who are eligible. Oh, snap. Yeah. But anyway, so, you know, of course, now everyone's talking about this vaccine passport. Right. And uh, here's what our governor had to say about it. We will never do that mandated to be able to do that. If the private sector wants to do that, I'm fine with that. If they want to do that, if a business owner or somebody wants to. But as far as the state goes, we will never, we won't mandate vaccine passports. Well, that's a relief. Yes. Missouri would be the absolute weirdest ever to do that because uh, we don't put our medical information into the national database even. Like if you look up right. different medical statistics, every time I see like a medical statistic state by state map, Missouri's the gray state because they have no data from it. Yes. Because we don't send it in and we're not on the opiate watch list either. And I remember Claire McCaskill always made this big ass stink. We're the only state that's not on the opiate watch list. It's so dangerous now. And we were like, fuck no, we don't want to be on the uh, opiate watch list. We don't want to federally tra be tracked just because we got prescribed opiates. You know, when I broke my ankle, I was prescribed opiates. I had a broken bone. I don't want to be on some federal watch list because of it. No kidding. Uh, some federal tracking database. And so, yeah, we're not on that. We're yeah. the only state holding out on that. Yeah, I saw a graphic that I don't remember what magazine or whatever created it, but it was like, oh, this graphic will show you what your chance of running into someone who has previously been infected is. And then it's like everything's like color-coded like red to yellow or something, and Missouri is gray right there in the middle. Yep. I was yeah, like, that's damn right. You don't know. Yeah, well, what's We're the chances people. of running into somebody who had the cold? Cold. What's the chances of... Mono. Of the flu? <laughs> the flu. How many people have herpes type A? <laughs> yeah, or whatever seriously. the fuck it is that 85% of everyone has. So dumb. I mean, we don't have to tell you bowlers. It's fucking madness. It's just crazy, like, the legs this thing has had, you know? Ugh. I think they're just going to kick it off again. Really? The mutants! Well... Did you see about the ingredient mix-up with the oh, uh, Johnson & Johnson yeah. vaccine? Yeah, I probably brought it up because I read that. I saw the headline and I was like, what? <laughs> 15 million Johnson & Johnson vaccines thrown away after ingredient mix-up with AstraZeneca. And it happened at a manufacturing plant in Baltimore run by this Emergent Biosolutions who also has created a vaccine but it hasn't been approved for use in the united states yet um so none of those vaccines went out they were caught on the floor the issue the ingredient mix up um the fda is investigating them but they were have said that this place keeps getting cited to the fda for problems like poorly trained employees which you know 
mix up you know, for the ingredients. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, cracked vials. That sounds good. And mold. Mold in the facilities. Yuck. Ugh. This is supposed to be super sanitary. Yeah, I'm coming yeah. out with the medicine and shit. But, uh, but, you know, don't worry, Grandma. If you're choosing to get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, uh, it was produced in the Netherlands. <laughs> the ones that they're dosing out right now. And so. produced in staying in the Netherlands? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're shipping them over here, I guess. Oh, yeah, they're going all over. It's just crazy. I was like, dang. Manufacturing plant in Baltimore. Because when I read the headline, I was like, China. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just was just like, wow, they mix it up in China. They're trying to kill us. Nope. Baltimore. Not everyone's trying to kill us. Yeah. Chinese don't have a monopoly on that, that's for sure. Oh, I got another clip for you. Oh, yes. Uh, this is another Missouri clip. This was this was big news here. But, you know, in the bowl, it's no surprise. The medical marijuana business is booming in Missouri. Over the last two weeks, sales have topped $2.4 million, and that's bringing Ooh. in hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxes. Fresh Green's Waldo waiting room is a far cry from the stereotype of a pot den. Lavish floral arrangements surround Lavish patients the before they enter the sales area for another flower, cannabis flower. Also, On a state a level, den? this month saw weekly sales hit $2.4 million. Woo. Last week was the same. The total since October, $24.6 million. That's close to a million dollars in sales tax revenue for the Missouri Veterans Commission. And this is just the beginning. The recent growth in sales can also be explained by more dispensaries opening their doors. Of 347 licensed facilities, there are now 106 operational. That's more than 200 still in the works. So industry experts say this is just a hint of much more green in the future, yeah. estimating at least $200 million annually once everyone's up and running. Now, if that estimate becomes reality, we're talking about at least $8 million each year in tax revenue, though Missouri's leading industry trade group estimates closer to 10 to $12 million. Hell yeah. That's right. And we're such a baby. Yeah. In our little infancy here of yeah, our medical just program. It's rolling out, man. But yeah, you know, first day that the first dispensary opened, they sold everything and they had to ration their products. Yep. You know, it's people just... are ready, man. People want it. And that was in the middle of the coof scare. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, recession proof industry. The coof isn't really that scary around here. No. I, I drove by Penguin Park uh, two Saturdays ago. And it was like, I've never in my whole entire life seen that many people at Penguin Park. Huh. And I didn't see any masks. All right. I didn't see any. I didn't see a single one. That's cool. It looked like a fucking festival was going on at Penguin Park. <laughs> it was insane. Mostly kids? Uh, kids and parents, just a mixture, you know. Nice. Yeah. Penguin yeah. Park. Penguin Park, dude. You gotta Let, take me there. Legendary. Where I can not have to worry about the dirty looks with no face diaper on. Which, you know, the city, people are still all masked up here. But um, there's been places now, instances where I'll walk into a place not wearing a mask and then other people will take their mask down. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so uh, Illinois also had a, um, they hit another sales record. They made 109 million bucks on pot in a month. Damn. So recession proof industry. It's true. I don't have a jingle for it, but I'll keep saying it. <laughs> <laughs> we do need to work on some jingles, huh? Now, the day after the show last week, Nipple Ring Cuomo signed that legalization <laughs> bill. 
But, uh, you know. What? Good move. It's, what can you do when you're in his position? Yeah, well, he's kind of in a bit of a corner. Compromise and uh, distract the public with the weed. But one thing that I thought was really cool about it uh, is that it's the first state to legalize and allow public consumption. See, now that is my favorite. It's a step in the right direction after all. Because uh, public consumption is one of the things that's been missing and missing really starkly in all of these laws yeah. that have been rolling out. There's no avenue for being able to go out, buy a joint from a joint bar, and smoke it with your friends somewhere. And it's ludicrous when you compare it to the alcohol industry where you can yeah. buy that and consume that any place, wherever. Ball games. Restaurants, bars, uh, there's there are little fucking pedal carts you can pedal around like a dipshit in the downtown area while you're sipping on beers. Those like tap bike things, oh, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? I mean, the tap pl- trolleys. The places you can drink, it's astounding. Where the hell is the joint trolley? Like, there's no reason why you can't be passing blunts up and down that thing driving through the city. There's no reason. Yeah, no kidding. No reason, man. Uh, The only bummer about New York having the public consumption thing is that um, anywhere that's a a, a smoke-free zone, as they call it, will remain that way, and weed is included. So no cigarettes or weed or vapes or anything that you're smoking. (laughs) And that is all parks and benches. So you can't sit on a city bench and smoke your joint. What if you just I get stand tired, on the sidewalk? <laughs> like, what if I get? What if my legs are weird? Oh, they get a citation. <laughs> to pay a fine Come or some on, shit. Man. Um, I've been walking all day. Yeah, that was the only new thing I learned about this bill between last week and this one. But same, uh, same things stood. Um, auto expungements of prior offenses you can possess up to three ounces uh without a citation i guess and um local governments have the option to pass stricter rules on usage uh retail and imposing civil penalties as long as they don't completely prohibit it gotcha prohibit use yeah like you can buy it somewhere else and bring it back and yeah maybe you can't buy it in that place oh um, but what's up with this tax based on the THC percentage? Yeah. So there's going to be a 9% sales tax. Right. 4% tax to county and local. And then the rest of it is based on the level of THC. Unheard of. That's just goofy. These schemers. Who, who came up with this? The schemers, bro. I just can't believe that. So they're like, oh, well, yeah. So most of them will be about 20% tax. It's like... um. But yeah, based not, on what? It, it, like, yeah, no, you can't even Your make that assumption. THC by weight or what? I mean, yeah, like, and extracts are way higher. So what? You're just going to be paying way more in taxes on the extracts. And now you have so. a monetary incentive to produce worse weed, yeah. essentially. Uh, now, I'm not saying necessarily that a lower percentage of THC content is going to be a worse product or a better product necessarily. But, you know, well, and then it's it a just, factor. Yeah, I just wonder about what they... Especially when it comes to bud. And obviously it, it unfairly penalizes uh, concentrates because they're yes. just going to be super high in THC. 
Yep. I would suspect the way that they calculate it, it'll probably be harder to uh, probably be more expensive to make edibles too. And then on Nug alone, you're going to be tax incentivized to produce lower potency bud, which is just lame. I'm sorry. It's just lame. The nice thing about high potency bud is you can just do a little baddie. You don't need to smoke a bunch of weed to get the same effect. I mean, that's what people don't understand about the concentration thing when it comes to pot. It's like, oh, it's not your granddaddy's pot. It's this super strong shit. Like the strong weed, when it comes to nug, strong nug, it just means you don't need as much. That's all. Just means like if you face a whole joint, you're going to be like, wow, I am really high. But, you know, it's not like it's not like you're in danger. They want to no. make it every fucking thing in our lives. They want to be like, you're in danger. You're in danger. Don't get a Bitcoin wallet because you'll be in danger. <laughs> Don't go out and smoke some weed because you'll be in danger. Yeah. Don't not wear a mask because you'll be in danger. Your grandma will be in danger. You're endangering other people. Yeah, you're endangering me. Ooh, yeah. I'm in danger. If you smoke anything outside, you're endangering everyone else. The danger has been over-exaggerated. Yes, I mean, definitely. We out here in some of the most dangerous spots, and <laughs> the danger has been over-exaggerated. I'm not saying I feel invincible like these fucking soy smiles that get the shot. No. Because <laughs> I'm not brainwashed, but... You know, I'm also I also know like where the danger is. Getting and where in your it is car not. is incredibly dangerous. Yeah. Driving, you know. So I know I hate that. Yeah. Um, New York State is providing loans and grants and making some incubator programs to try and get minority communities, small farmers, women, and disabled vets into uh, running businesses. <laughs> At first, since we're behind the curtain, I heard that as small women and farmers. And I was like, oh, baby. <laughs> you know, time to move to New York. <laughs> Never. <laughs> uh, but as soon as Cuomo signed this, um, the I think it was the mayor in Buffalo uh, just came out announcing this 70 acres that he's working on um, with... Who are they? Zephyr Partners? Hmm. I don't know. But they're dedicating 70 acres for growing weed in Buffalo. Nice. And they're just like, yeah, we can have a bunch of different businesses come grow he- out here. Cannabis Campus. I like the sound Cannabis of Cannabis Campus, yeah. I like the idea of 70 acres of weed. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yes, I was just enjoying a latte on the Cannabis Campus. Mm. <laughs> CBD Coffee. <laughs> Remember when that came out here? Mm-hmm. I was like, dang, CBD in your coffee. Or CBD cold brew, was it? That might have been. I was it. just like, how do you infuse the coffee with the CBD? This is wild. Anyway, two days after our last show, New Mexico's House and Senate did approve the two separate legalization measures that they had taken up in that special legislative session. And uh, the first one sets up the adult market, um, you know, possession, production, sales. Yep. And the second one is for an automatic review and expungement of low-level weed offenses. Um, and they have home grow up to six mature plants. Oh, now, but there's no limit on... That's That's another cool way to do it, I can respect. Well, that's what I was... What are you saying? No if limit on the amount if of... If there's no limit on the, you know, clones and... And 
Yeah, but baby plants. I guess uh, that does. But I don't know because you're only allowed to have six mature ones, so right. you got to get rid of them if you had. Well, yeah, that means our mothers considered are... mature, and then it doesn't make mm. a distinction between flowering and vegging uh, mature plants. So, like for instance, in our state, we have a six plant limit, but that limit is in each stage, let's say, of the plant's life. So you can have six uh, clones, six in veg, and six flowering. Which makes sense for the life cycle of the plant. That's how you kind of want to do it. Um, it's also a kind of a low number too, but yeah, it's it's uh the home grows across the states. It's there. a step in the right direction, after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction, after all. Yes, yes. I mean, I'm glad they have home grow. Yeah, no there doubt. Have been, uh... Home grow is mandatory. If you have a medical law, it's not medical if you don't have home grow. Because yeah. some of these patients just cannot either afford to in dollars and cents or afford to in accessibility. Maybe they're in a rural place. They can't afford to go get it at a shop in the city since you already put this limit on licenses. All these shops are in the city and you got to drive if you're out in the middle of nowhere. So homegrow, it's a non-starter. If you don't have homegrow, you don't have a medical law because you're cutting some patients out of the system unfairly. Yeah. Detroit is now accepting all applications. Um, <clears throat> there was that lawsuit we talked about mm -hmm. um, over the Detroit legacy applicants. Oh, that's who right. Who will be reviewed first. Who counts? Yeah, who counts as a <laughs> resident or a legacy? And then whatever's left over will go to everyone else. It's like Detroit legacy, which is, yeah, not necessarily just that you have lived in Detroit for a certain amount of years. Right. The amount of years you were required to be a resident goes down yeah, the clock. as you qualify as like low income or directly impacted by the war on drugs, which is just like, I just think all Americans have been very badly impacted by the war on drugs, you know? Yeah. I. It's hard to, you know, make restitution. It's it's tough to define, like, who deserves it, what it is, how much, who pays, all of that stuff. It, it you know, it's just, uh, it's tough to determine. Like, yeah. how, how are you going to actually sit down and figure that out and count the beans? <laughs> how do you count the beans? That's all I care about. says local news totally did not cover this. Yeah, it's not a big surprise, man. Yeah. Well, no updates on the lawsuit yet, but um, that lady must have, she's probably putting in her application because it's open now. So we'll keep our finger on the pulse of that story. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> uh, Rand Paul has refiled his Hemp Act, the Hemp Economic Mobilization Plan, um, and he changed it from the last time he had filed it. Um, but he... This bill would increase the THC threshold from 0.3% to 1%. Based. Um, it pushes for the final products to be tested instead of the plants to take that burden off of the farmers. Oh, and yeah. That move makes it to sense. the labs. Yeah, because you, there's also remediation tactics that are becoming more involved to remove some THC. Sure. I have to do a lot more reading into this, but... I was just, I saw something about it today where it's like, oh, you know, if you go to like 0.37, you got to, or 0.0, no, it's 0.37. Yeah, 0.37%. Yeah, then it's like, we just got to get rid of a little bit of THC to make this product legal for market. So stupid. Um, his bill also 
sets documentation requirements for transporters of hemp to prevent law enforcement from seizing the hemp, thinking that it's weed that they're illegally moving around. <laughs> Which such a I, pain in the ass. I know it's yeah, it is a total pain in the ass. Um, but I guess right now, if you want any sort of documentation to prove that it's hemp, you have to go through a lab to get it certified, like lab certified. And Rand Paul's bill says, let's just get a hemp producer license. So you're just like, look, I'm a cert- I'm a licensed hemp producer. <laughs> Fucking licenses, I know. It's not like I'm a proponent of licenses. Um, but I also have heard in our lobbying days being at the state capitol, <laughs> many a highway patrolman say, I don't know the difference between hemp and weed. Yeah, I mean... It's like you're moving big weed plants. They don't, <laughs> they don't teach it, you know. Yeah. They so. just teach you what that pointy leaf looks like, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Also, it should come as no surprise, I suppose, but but maybe a surprise. Uh, DeSantis in Florida, governor of Florida, he doesn't support the THC cap that's being discussed. And I said it wasn't no surprise because he's so based, but then I stepped back on it because I'm like, oh, he's Republican. And we've talked about the lack of reaching out to Republican politicians from the activists. I think DeSantis might be uh, one of the few guys that gets it in terms of it being a uh, small government issue and a true conservative issue. Just saying like, you know, caps are bad. Prohibition is bad. Um, obviously I don't think he's a radical on the issue, but no, it doesn't surprise me that he is against a THC cap. And especially when you see the money that's pouring in through it, like why would you want to fuck that up? (laughs) You just, it just, anyone who is a proponent of a THC cap, a hard cap, an arbitrary number that you're going to pick, um, they just don't know what they're fucking talking about. That's all. It just demonstrates that you don't know what you are dealing with. There's no ceiling that's going to help anybody's health doesn't it doesn't have an effect on safety it doesn't change people how high they can get and you know it eliminates a whole market essentially when you talk about the concentrates some of those concentrates are super concentrated you know yeah and uh you know hey just drive people right back to the black market it's all about efficiency when you talk about concentration you know yeah well and then i think about like like the rso oil and stuff or phoenix tears or whatever i'm like dang like they're talking about that stuff that medical patients really need yes exactly a a recreational smoke or toker is not even uh seeking out really right you know it's like you're just (laughs) removing people's medicine uh now other states are considering the thc cap that we've mentioned before colorado massachusetts montana and washington oh no and um when Vermont's recreational market rolls out, they will have a cap on 30% THC for flour and 60% for concentrates. But there will be no cap for medical patients to purchase product. And they're that's, just capping the recreational that's so market. That's weird. At a, like, at a 30% flour cap, like, I mean, 25 is pretty high. 30 is, like, super potent. And, you know, they, you can get it concentrated higher than 30 but like all of that stuff is uh, so high end that it's like right why even have a cap like why was that the number did you pick that cap just because most of the market is under it and if so why have a cap 
you just want to like arbitrarily limit the market by a little sliver, you're like, well, let's just cut off the top of this market. Yeah, but they missed getting their headlines read and shit, as Circus Media points out in the bowl. They should have kept it at 33%. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Well, what are you doing when you think about the first time that you ever saw a viral <laughs> video on the internet or maybe a viral meme? Uh, this was the f- suggestion was, of Phone Boy, right? No, this was Sir Omaha. Oh, that's right, Sir Omaha. Sir Omaha suggested this one. Yeah. Uh, last Tuesday at the end of the show. And it was such a good one because I immediately remembered a couple of them that I saw. And yeah. uh, if you want to share your story, we've got a lot of voicemails tonight. And uh, you can easily get them to us. Call 816-607-3663. And the play of Oh, that gets me jazzed every time. I love it. Yes. Uh, just like this caller did. Hey, y'all. This is Rick from down in Joplin, Missouri. I'm hey, listening Rick. to last night's show. Figured I'd better call and share uh, my mouse story with you. Oh, oh boy. So, uh, <laughs> clarification, we got this one on Wednesday. Okay. This is back when uh, my wife and I were just, uh, we weren't married yet. We were about to get engaged, but we were living together Woo! in this raggedy old apartment. Uh-huh. In this raggedy old, apart- old apartment complex that had infestations of different types. <laughs> well, we had five cats at the time and thought, we'll be fine. No problem. Yeah. One night I'm sitting on the toilet. See, I feel something toilet. across the top of my foot. I look Uh-oh. down thinking one of the cats is sitting down there watching me take <laughs> my business. And sure enough, it's a mouse. Well, oh, no. being caught surprised, I made a rather indelicate comment and noise which <laughs> caused charlene to come running because she had to figure out what was going on and you know she sees a mouse right there on the floor between my feet and i'm like uh can you help me because <laughs> i can't finish what i'm doing uh, and kill a mouse at the same time well we have five cats five cats all in the bathroom staring at the mouse looking up at her like the fuck you want me to do about it <laughs> i'm not touching that so she had to come in there Worthless. while my pants are around my ankles <laughs> with a work boot with about a one-inch heel, and she smashed that critter right in the head, caused oh, blood no. to go everywhere. <laughs> yep. And she had to, well, leave it there so I could flush it after I was done. <laughs> but needless to say, none of those cats got a treat that night because, well, they're a bunch of lazy bastards. Yep. Anyway, thought I'd share that in the bowl. Talk to y'all later. Bye. In the bowl, Rick. In the bowl. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, that was seriously a worthless. Cat comment on the mouse story. I know they're like, they're like, oh, you're big. You can take care of that, right? Yeah, like, but then they like, do. Dude, that's your fucking job. You're a cat. Like our neighborhood cat was just staring at you, like. Yeah, that worthless piece of shit showed up right at the end <laughs> after all the killing was done. I don't remember the first time I saw a freaking meme on the internet. Uh, yeah. I've been on the internet. Well, you know, a long time. Uh, actually, the first time I got on the internet was in the 1980s, and back in those back in those days, it was uh, you know dial up to a, a Unix 
shell and you did stuff and this you know i think i you know this was before the days of the browser and, into the BBS. and so on and and uh, you know and i got to, i got to see the very early versions of uh you know of mozilla you know net, you know ncsa mosaic and oh god and all kinds of other stuff um although i think they remember the first sort of popular maybe i don't know meme or you know video that i saw and this is back in the, you know this is well before YouTube existed, of course, um, but there was, uh, you know, uh, you know, Adobe Flash was used for all yeah. of these wonderful, um, you know, I don't know, animated videos or whatever. And this is the one about the end of the world, uh, which oh, is, yes. uh, you know, I, it, it is, uh, it, it's, it, it made, it was funny in Flash, you know, kind of back then. I still, I, I occasionally will run across it and play, you know, and play it. It's like, yes, this is, this is how, you know, everybody nukes each other basically, and 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 the kangaroos go, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was a very bad drawn thing it kind of reminds me of a comic strip blogger um you know the, the animation style uh, but anyway that's but that's from god that is just I, i'm i'm old i've been doing this a long time and you know i'm yeah anyway i'm, I'm yeah anyway i think i'm just done nice go podcasting Go podcast. Yeah, the end of the world. I forgot about that one. That was albino black sheep stuff. Wasn't That's it? right. Yeah, and uh, I should have mentioned before you hopped into voicemails that uh, Sir Oma submitted the end of the world as his. Oh, very nice. Yep. So yeah, albino that black sheep. That was huge, dude. I remember that was all over the goddamn place. Um, oh, we have. First, I realized when I hung up, I, I hadn't let the, the mic drop clip uh, finish playing before I hung up. Yeah, oh. I guess that's how done I was. But anyway, I, just, I went and, I went and looked at that video. Um, it's called "End of Z World," and you can find it on YouTube. It's uh, but uh, yeah, the, it's uh, it is funny, and yeah, it's it's still it still brings a, a laugh. And you know, and it was uh, you know not too. Far, I don't know. It's, it, I don't know. We I don't know if we were fearing nuclear annihilation quite then, but it was, uh, you know, it was fresh enough in enough of our minds that uh, that was still a thing. You know, now we're, you know, now the end of the world may come at, uh, you know, and pharma, you know, I don't know, pharma yeah. uh, security state or whatever. But uh, yeah, um, <laughs> and you, you might die. Yeah. Well, I said we all might die. Well, we're all eventually going to die, but I'd rather Someday. not die at the hands of big pharma. Uh, that's just me. So, um, but yeah, you know, anyway. Love you, mean it. Love you, mean it. Love you, fun boy. What a sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> yep. oh, yeah, you know, sometimes you, that's why you got to pick those real uh, fast, quick ISOs. Then you can't be cut off and you can't hang up on yourself and just gets out real fast. Real fast ones. We got a plenty of them. Uh, got this a one's plenty. A sh- this one's a short one, though. You love it, you want it for Christmas. <laughs> I love it, I want it for Christmas, no doubt about that. That had to be Sir Saturday Night, right? A.K.A. Strokey Bill, A.K.A. Bill the Conqueror, A.K.A. Bill the Retard, A.K.A. the People's Champion, A.K.A. the Rainmaker, A.K.A. the Ghost of Christmas Present. You know him, you love him. This is the guy that made the ant song, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> AKA Ballistic on No Agenda Social, right? Ballistic on No Agenda Social. Never afraid <laughs> to just go on a show and just talk out his ass about anything at all. <laughs> Fearless. Bill the Blocked by Adam and John, yes. Oh. Net Ned points out correctly. <laughs> the man's a savage. I follow him on No Agenda Social. I'm one of 206, it looks like. Got the stats going. Yeah, Bill. Uh, by the way, you love it. You want it for Christmas, I think is 
one of the most brilliant uh, catchphrases that I've heard in quite some time. That's just my honest opinion on it, and I don't lie about shit like that. I think it's I think it's genius. I love it. I want it for Christmas. In fact, you love it. You want it for Christmas. <laughs> just the way he says it's so fantastic. I'm gonna download it and put it on the soundboard because because uh, I love it and I want it for Christmas, man. Um, what was the first viral video you ever saw? Oh, <laughs> I was having a hard time pinpointing exactly which one it was. Um, and I wasn't spoiled with the internet because I lived with my great grandparents. So I would occasionally get to hop on at school and then, uh, weekend trips to visit my grandparents on their, uh, on their dial up setup. Mm-hmm. And... I was in between two in my mind. <laughs> Either Evil Strawberry. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Which was also Albino Black Sheep. Uh, just a baby and a s- strawberry calling him stupid. And kids are like, I'm not stupid. Uh, yeah. Or um, Milk and Cereal. The lip sync to like, oh, cover yeah. that song, which was on E Bombs World. Milk and cereal, milk, milk and cereal, milk yeah. and cereal, cereal. And the guys are like milk. popping up behind the box of cereal and the milk. I remember that too. Yep. Yeah. That <laughs> was mine. Of course, like, I think the first time I heard the word viral in reference to any of these things, though, was probably when Numa Numa. Sure, dance came yeah. out because then they put that on the news and stuff yeah and then next thing you know businesses are looking for consultants to create viral content and it's like one does not simply create <laughs> a viral video like one must have fun and spread the fun for yeah. virality well, to part occur. of it's just being a total goofus retard and like having it catch on you yeah. know some of the simplest ideas work but nothing like forced works you and know? like that's why none of this, like, as soon as you spend, uh, you know, $20,000 on a consultant, <laughs> it's just, like, over. It's automatic. You lose. Yeah. And I remember my great-grandma just thought the Numa Numa guy was so funny. Like, <laughs> 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 they had him, like, come on and, like, dance in person on some, like, Good Morning America or Morning Show oh, show. Oh, that's perfect. Oh. Imagine that. Na- like, imagine if that video came out today. I don't, people might not think it's funny. I know, isn't that why? They might, like, judge that guy because of his weight and just start talking about, like, well, you're just laughing because he's heavyweight or you're yeah. just, you're just you're fat othering. phobic. You're othering whatever. him. You're othering him. And it's like, no, you. Yeah. <laughs> the internet used to be a great place. <laughs> Come on, man. Nobody got hurt on the internet in the good old days. Ah, uh, Numa Numa. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh. This, uh, this caller had a viral video. Oh, but I muted my board. Uh. <laughs> Sorry about that. Hey, Sir Caesar here. Uh, hey. First viral video I saw, I this probably wasn't the first one, but I remember it being the first one that really stuck with me was the grape lady. If you know who that is, she's like stomping grapes and then oh, yeah. she falls and face plants. That was on a Tosh, wasn't probably it? Probably got seriously injured. Um, but, you know, even when you're a little kid, you laugh at something like that. Yeah, yeah so, definitely. Yeah, that was, it was definitely before Two Girls, One Cup. I saw that one. Oh, man. Um, as for memes, I don't really know. But, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway. Two Girls, One Cup, Have a good man. show tonight. I hope you got my note about you being way too nice to me. Other than that, man, uh, uh, break a bowl. Break a bowl, baby. <laughs>
Well, that's a dull place for bowls. Well, you know, <laughs> you that's... <break> <laughs> Chris, baby, that's how I am with my friends, man. I'm just, you know, I'm way too nice with my friends. You're my friend, man. I'm not going to be mean to you. It's cool, man. I know you didn't, you know, I mean, tequila is a different animal. Yeah, I just laugh about that kind of shit. Exactly, man. (laughs) Exactly, bro. Laugh like this next color. Back in the early days of the internet, they had a legendary video, which I saw changed my whole life. Uh-oh. And it went something like this. <clears throat> <laughs> it's peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter jelly time, butter jelly time, way yet, way yet, way yet, way yet. Oh, there you go, there you go, there you go, there you go. And that really set the tempo for everything since. Yep. Thank you very much for your time. In the bowl. In the bowl, In the bowl. sir. Yeah, no doubt. That was the the little banana gift guy hopping back and forth like a maniac. Oh, man. How could I forget? (laughs) Yeah, the peanut butter jelly time. It was always peanut butter jelly time. It was. Like, sometimes that would be like the first thing you said when you saw your friends. You know, like you'd go to like a youth group and then you'd show up and then you'd see your friends and you'd go, peanut butter jelly time and then you're just like dancing around like an ignorant asshole it's fucking fantastic the guy with the peanut allergies of all of them <laughs> I, i'm fine i'm down with peanut butter jelly time i don't discriminate i participate <laughs> like this next color hit it i just get a kick out of that every time oh yeah hit it. hello 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 my favorite bowler hey in the whole wide world I love you. Okay, no, really. (laughs) You can't help it. So I'm loving the Pink Floyd so, so much. High quality, wonderful, perfect stream. Thank you so much. I was playing it uh, on speaker on my walk and got back and it just started to lightly drizzle. It was perfect. Nice. And I was like, why can't I remember the time the show starts? (laughs) Thought I was going to miss some of it. So here I am calling in. Yes. I was chicken earlier to do it. <laughs> and for no good reason, you're always so warm and welcoming and kind right. and cool and rad. Well, thank you. So anyway, I actually do have a reason for this call. And it's not for the F-T-I-E of the week. Because I can't fucking remember. <laughs> <laughs> this is so long ago. I'm like, yeah. uh... I wouldn't even remember the name. Fuck. It goes really far back for me. So the thing is, I admittedly do not know the full story. I'm sorry. I'm probably the only toker here that doesn't. I don't know the full story of 420. And the thing is, is I, I enjoy learning more from experienced, knowledgeable people, especially super cool babes like yourself. And I was hoping, I'm, I'm hoping that you will fulfill this special request of mine. Yeah. Only two weeks left for, before the 420 oh, Token man. Tuesday. I'm so excited. <laughs> yes, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be epic. Token Tuesday on 420. Woo-hoo! And it just doesn't get any better than that. And, yes. Uh, yes. I was wondering if you might do a little segment. Just, you know, give us a little history lesson. Definitely. And especially coming from you, um, hoping for maybe a story or two because you're such crusaders in (laughs) the cannabis legislation movement. 
I was thinking you will have inside or special info that maybe not everybody does. And I wouldn't doubt that for a bit or <laughs> just tidbits of experiential knowledge. And anyway, <laughs> yada, yada, still going on. Um, looking forward to the show. Hope that you're feeling well, Mademoiselle Dorian. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> so think about it. And, um, of course, I will donate, absolutely, uh, extra special just for that. Who? Think about it, and Oh, ah. the three minutes header, wait, it goes on, it goes on. Here. Okay. Oh, shit, I ran out the timer. What a shocker. Not <laughs> at all for this verbose, wordy, word bird. So all I wanted to say was, yes, thank you. I'm yeah. sure that you will at least consider it, if not do something special. I'm... I should presume that you'll make it a very special episode, actually, as all of yours are. Oh, shucks. But that would be wonderful if you can dig up anything or share anything special, 420 experiences or history. Most definitely. Um, Intel, anything. Yes, I I always look forward to anything that you both share. You two amazing token lovebirds. <laughs> In the bowl, baby. In the bowl, Corkass. Thank you for the call. Yes, and rock on, smoke on. Mwah. Mwah. We will definitely be doing the 420 history. There's a lot of different Heck you. Uh, theories on it. But personally, I like the Waldos one the best, but that's the teaser. We'll get into it on <laughs> 420. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of people say a lot of different reasons for where it came from. And uh, I have my favorite. I have my own little personal fave, how it all came about. Um, we have another viral, viral video I want to read or play. First viral thing that I remember that really sticks out to me that was really kind of like all over the place was, uh, Star Wars Kid, uh, oh, yeah. and all the different oh, videos yeah. that they manipulated. That's, I mean, there was, <laughs> they shooped him into all kinds before, of, but that seems like the yeah first thing that you ever saw that, uh, made it all the way onto like a news broadcast. Yeah. So, That's when um, the media went full retard. And I there were so many iterations of that kid swinging that damn. What was it like a lamp? <laughs> yeah, no, like a lamp post or something like that. Some kind of yeah shower curtain pole. I, don't know, I probably I don't should know. have searched it before I. Yeah, he's in his garage uh, and he ends up smacking anyway, himself or something. That's my first uh, viral video that I remember. Yeah, in the bowl. That's funny. In the bowl. It's Wars kid. See the first. Uh, I don't even. The first viral video, I don't even know if I, it really meets the definition of viral. But like when I very, when I, the videos that come to mind when I'm thinking of that were these videos on, God, I don't even remember the website. Like I had no idea about the site. I was probably nine or something. It was before we had internet at my house. Uh, my grandparents got AOL dial up. And so that's where we were watching these videos, and my cousins were showing my dad these, like, hilarious, uh, crazy videos, and they were all super short and low res because it was like dial-up. You know, you couldn't load a fucking video for real, for real, like we do now. There were just grainy videos. They were like eight seconds or ten seconds long. And so I remember this one. Uh, you've probably seen it. It's this guy sitting in a cubicle in an office, and then he, like... <laughs> hits the keyboard and then it like pauses and then he like goes 
boom. And then he goes, wham, wham, wham on the keyboard. <laughs> and like this little head peeks up in the next cubicle and then sits back down. And then he ends up picking his keyboard up yeah. and smacking his monitor right off of the fucking computer and off of his desk with it. And then like huffing out. Like the guy rage freaking out on his computer and beating the shit out of it. Yeah, I've seen that. That one. <laughs> There was one of a guy just getting absolute fucking rocked, kicked in the face by a horse. Oh. I think he was branding the horse or something. I don't know, but he just got, I just remember he got kicked right in the fucking kisser. Bad day at the office. That's the one. (laughs) That's the one, dude. Oh, man. Oh, that was, that was like the first. And then, um, one called Lady Punch. Lady Punch. Is especially like somehow near and dear to me because uh, Lady Punch was two ladies outside of like a courtroom. And this one lady's like, it just starts in the middle of this conversation, right? Because it just starts, there's no context. You just hear her say like, Carrie had THC in her system. And then this other <laughs> fucking lady comes in and just punches her right in the gullet. Just, or right in the, right in the nose, dude. Right in the face. Right in the lips. To where, like, when you slow it down, you can even see her face coming in. That's how hard she gets <laughs> rocked. And uh, then she's just, like, standing there holding her hand over her mouth in horror. And it's just, like, all over so fast. Lady Punch was the first video I ever put on my iPod. Because <laughs> it was so funny to me that I just wanted to watch it sometimes. I just wanted to have it on me. I just wanted to have it, you know, I could play it for people. Lady Punch, man. But... You- I also remember, like, with virality, uh, all the callers earlier were right about the Flash videos, you know. Um, There were, like, Flash sites that were just, like, where you hung out, which was, uh, there was definitely that uh, uh, albino Albino black black sheep. When the games, too, you know, like like Pingu Throw or whatever, where you're the Yeti and you smash a penguin with a baseball bat. Um, But then there were, like, you ever see Odd Todd? Odd Todd was this cartoon about an unemployed guy, and he like ate fried striped cooker, and he had like this little uh, pet called Meep, or maybe he just said Meep or something like that. Um, that one was really funny to me. Homestar Runner, I think everybody oh. is familiar with. Classic. Um, and then Weebles stuff, I was really into. Um, they're the ones that did Badger, 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 oh, Badger, yeah. Mushroom, Mushroom. But they had some other ones that were like funny to me that I can't find anymore. Like, uh, oh Christ, I don't even remember the the name of it. But there was this guy who was like in a house and he was like, um, oh, quick smart, dear boy, I sent sewage. Yeah, he like crapped his pants. I didn't want to have <laughs> week long heroin bender. Uh, I can I only remember, I can only remember certain excerpts of it, but God damn it. Yeah, the two eggs one. Uh, Weeble stuff. Wait a minute. I'm Bob and I'm Weeble. Oh, my favorite Bob and Weeble, though, was Patrick Moore plays the xylophone. Patrick Moore plays the xylophone. Pa, 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 Patrick. It was great because Patrick Moore is just like this astronomer <laughs> guy. But like, so they got him playing the xylophone, but then he's like shooting in space on a rocket. <laughs> oh, man. That was some shit right there. Uh, I got a couple texts in the in the bowl. Oh, okay. I think. Yeah, here we go. Oh. <laughs> Want to see me fail? Denied. 
<laughs> Booberry sent a meme of a wolf. I love it. And, oh, let's see. In the bowl. I thought I'd text for this one. First ever viral video I can recall was End of the World in high school. Yeah, you mentioned that. Uh, Lorian, you mentioned that Circus Media posted that. No, I mentioned that Sir Omaha. Oh, no, you said Sir Omaha. I'm getting my sirs crisscrossed. On the no agenda socials. You guys are remembering the end of the world. Uh, As an angry, hormone-ridden teen, I really vibed with a, but I am tired. (laughs) We'll take a nap. Then fire the missiles. (laughs) Fire the missiles. Oh, God, I remember saying that so often, like the church youth group especially, everyone would just be like, fire the missiles. (laughs) But I am tired. Oh, man. And Australia's like... And he says, later bowlers, Circus Media, by the ways. So thank you. I love that End of the World one. That was a classic. Um, Here's another caller. What up, bowlers? What Uh, up? What up? What up? Viral video. I think I remember seeing was... um, It was one of those FMA or whatever they call them, but it was a a montage of scenes from Neon Genesis and the... The music was a parody of I Think We're Alone Now, and the, and the song was I Think I'm a Clone Now. And that's the first video I can really remember. As far as the first meme, the ones that really resonated with me was the Courage Wolf, and I actually texted it to the to the number, to the hotline, so oh, you all yes. can check it out. But you had other classics like Bite Off More Than You Can Chew and then Chew It. And that shit, <laughs> like, that shit got me. I saw yeah. that, I was like, Damn, Courage Wolf, Courage Wolf, right there, all the way. Anyways, it's out. Yes, I'm all about Courage Wolf, most definitely. Courage Wolf is the shit. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, we've been think- we've been talking about viral videos and memes, but then it's all been viral videos, and mm. I think that's the first actual image meme like what you think of as the basic meme which is like image top text well, bottom text you know i was gonna say when i was trying to think of like the first meme i saw um i actually first i was thinking of like ascii art oh like yeah. raffle copter oh yeah i was like yeah, is that yeah. a meme because i remember seeing that and then like the first meme i put to use was a doge like <laughs> oh yeah Wow, such scare, or whatever they would say, you know, in yeah. broken English. I'm thinking the first, like, image memes I used to see were just, like, the parody uh, inspirational posters. Oh, sure, yeah. Where it would be an inspirational poster, but then it would just be, like, some kind of madness on it, you know? Yeah, what about, it's a trap. <laughs> uh, this next caller fell into a trap and got caught in our voicemails. Oh. Hey, bowlers. What up, what up? Yo, Caro from Hogstar Wii. What up? What, what? I want to call and tell you about a viral video. I guess it's a, more of an audio, but um, it was a, uh, oh gosh, it's almost maybe probably like 20 years ago. Uh, it was um, a prank call. Or I don't even know if it's a prank call. This gentleman, Kerpow calls his neighbor and accuses the daughter of kicking his dog. And now his dog needs operation. And she's a fucking guy, and he's a fucking guy, and (laughs) they're liars because she kicked the dog, and now the dog needs operation. Uh Um, And that's Kurt Powell. 
Anyway, love you guys. Love you, Carolyn. Love you. Oh, fantastic. I have not heard that one. Mm-mm. Is it Kerpow? Uh, Kerpow? Uh, the, the, I was going to say the Google transcription bot's going to be no help to Google you there. said Kerpow the second time. <laughs> and Kerpow. I'm trying to Carolyn find where it is. Kerpow, okay. Kerpow. I'll have to look at that one. You kick my dog, says Dwadnam. Damn, I'm outside <laughs> of the loop on this meme. Oh, NetNet brought up that creepy baby. The 3D creepy oh, dancing yeah. baby. <laughs> now, now, that's the first thing I ever saw that the Ugh. news put on. If that's the metric oh. that you're using, like the first one that got so big you saw it on the news, dancing baby. They were like, oh, dancing baby is so nice or some shit like that. Whatever year it was, you know, 2000, whatever. But yes, the dancing baby was all oh, over the place. Just creepy. dance, 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 dance. <laughs> Fucking naked baby were dancing around. Craziness, bro. And then you, you mentioned Flash games yes. with Albino Black Sheep. Um, but that was like the first thing I really thought of was uh, my bio mom would email me these stupid Flash games of like put a hamster in a microwave. Oh, put yeah. Put a frog in Damn. a blender. It was uh, Joe cartoons or Joe's cartoons. I forgot about the hamster in a microwave. I saw that one early on. That was before we Joe had internet cartoon. on our house. I used to use the internet when I would go down to my dad's work because we didn't have it at our house. So one of the first times I ever got on the internet, I did see the hamster thing and it definitely disturbed me. I was too young for that. Yeah, me too. I was like eight or something. (laughs) Did you see the Steve Irwin getting uh, humped by a camel or some shit? Uh, I got in trouble because I clicked on it. I didn't know what I was clicking on. Because the first time I used the internet, it would have been for very limited reasons. It was to, uh, one of the things I used to play on was You Rule School, which was like, (laughs) you went to a virtual school and the whole thing was a General Mills commercial. So it was all the General Mills cereals, but like, you could eat Cheerios and be the newsboy and like throw newspapers at this house. You had to like throw the newspaper on the porch or whatever, but you could like break windows and other shit. And then like you'd feed him Cheerios in his mouth to like fill the power box back up (laughs) so he could throw it farther. Um, Had different dumbass uh, games like that, but that was my favorite one. And then it would be to send e cards. You remember e cards? -cards? Yeah. E cards. I'd send those to my grandparents and my aunt. Like, oh, it's Valentine's Day. We'll send all the e cards out. Oh, their birthday e cards. You're like some dumbass gif of a cat dancing and like eight bit sounds in the back, you know? Oh, yeah. Yes. Ugh, look at what it's all evolved into. Ooh, we had an amendment voicemail. Oh. I realized I fucked up when I resend my previous statement. The actual first viral video I think I recall seeing was MySpace the Movie. Any bowlers out there remember that one? MySpace the Movie? I'm not familiar with MySpace the movie. One thing uh, I forgot to comment on that uh, I think City brought up was the two girls, one cup. Yeah. I only <laughs> saw I saw that one because you, you pretty much didn't get through that era without seeing no. it. Yeah. But I saw up to um, the point where the cup gets first filled, and then I like just turned away and I didn't. I haven't seen the rest of it, so I don't know how crazy it gets to be honest with you. But I did see the cup be filled, and it's still like, if you even say two girls, one cup, to me, that's immediately like the image. The image. Oh, no. MySpace the movie. Now we're going to, 
We're going to get the best memes, man. I had one more text, too. Okay. Um, dun, 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 dun. See, the text is hard to parse because you got to see what the new... Look at oh, the dates. Uh, Burger King guys are done, guy. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yes. We talked about that over Christmas yeah, uh, on the bowl. Yeah, because they it into that commercial. Because they made it a commercial. Burger King made it a fucking commercial, but they tried to do it all normie-like, like nobody remembers. I woke up a good day. I make me a waffle. I want paper hat. Would you like an apple pie with that? Would you like an apple pie with that? Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh my God. My dad used to sing that in the fucking car, dude. My dad, that that is like peak type of humor my dad loves. <laughs> yeah. Literally retarded shit. <laughs> he gets down with it. That's his style, dude. What was that movie? Tuck it in. <laughs> oh, yeah, The Ringer. Yeah, your dad Where Johnny Knoxville pretends to be a retarded guy. Too. Oh, man. Never go full retard. <laughs> and Counting the Schwifty Five. I'm not familiar with Counting the Schwifty Five. Hmm. So that is another one I'll have to look up. Oh, that's going to be fun. And then I remember um, in my freshman year of high school, they played some of the jib jab oh yeah videos like the songs um and also that 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 guy made that video i love barack obama he's got superpowers laser eye beams and they like superpowers laser eye beams superpowers it was a j school class and i remember the teacher was in j school but it was it was high school and it was a journalism class and the teacher was like Pay attention, because this is the way that marketing's moving. Like, you got to make this viral shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it worked. It did. It got stuck in my head. He got elected. <laughs> Off of that video <laughs> alone. Of that, yeah, that video alone. <laughs> uh, well, we're at a point here where we could decide to go bowling. We do have to think of a first time ever for next week. That's true. We uh, can also bowl next week if you want. I know that you do have some... Alright. Don't catch up. But. There's always new stories for bowling the week after, you That's know. That's true. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Plus, we might get some divine inspiration for our first time I ever. That's next true. Tuesday. That's true. So this first story I missed from uh, Sir Omaha from last week. Uh, he had emailed me during the show, and I'm bad at keeping tabs on everything. So, uh, Lincoln Man. Oh, no, I'll just tell the story instead of reading the headline because the story is way better. Okay. So in Lincoln, Nebraska, police officers watched a Caterpillar front end loader pull into an ambulance bay. Uh-oh. And there's a 40-year-old guy riding in the bucket <laughs> who had been injured from falling. And the guy driving was 32, but he had a bottle next to him that was open. Oh, no. And, uh, it, yeah, it was a beverage. <laughs> it was an alcoholic beverage, uh, and he was clearly intoxicated. And turns out his license had been revoked uh, for 15 years due to a DUI. Uh, to make matters worse, uh, they breathalyzed him, and his BAC was a .184. Holy shit, that's legendary. <laughs> That's a high score right there. No joke. Um, they called the owner of the Caterpillar, and the company was like, we didn't give this guy permission <laughs> to take it. No. And he took it from like a mile away. He drove that sucker a mile. <laughs> oh, my God. Carrying his hurt friend in the bucket. 
So, well, here's for your friend. And, you know, to top it all off, uh, you know, so he was arrested on suspicion of felony theft, felony DUI, felony driving on that revoked license, having an open container of alcohol, and he had an eighth on him. So, oh, possession of weed. That's five tickets, bro. Uh, yeah. yeah. And three felonies, bro. One law at a time. One law at a time. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be wearing an ankle bracelet. Best case scenario, dog. Yeah. Now, here's a story you sent to me. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, no. I remember a, this one. A lady who was a collector of things. Lady. Uh, we'll say hoarder. A hoarder <laughs> was uh, reported missing by a family, and turns out they found her. She was buried in her own shit. Nailed it. Oh man! Yeah, you like, hate to I'm see it. Picturing like, uh oh, thing avalanche and like a bunch of uh, stuff falling on her. And she's like, no, I don't know if that's really how it happened. Um, it's just that wonder. she had been missing for eight months, and they finally like <laughs> went into her home and Fucking found incredible. her under a pile of debris. So I'm imagining it literally just fell on her. She was um, um an Emmy winning set designer. Jesus. Apparently, living in Queens. So, rest in peace. Um, a sealed copy of Super oh, Mario Brothers <laughs> Sorry. just sold. Oh, how much do you think a sealed copy of Super Mario Brothers would sell for? Uh, like the NES game original. Mm-hmm. Sealed. Uh, sealed and original mint. Yeah, look at here's unopened? a picture. It's in the plastic thingy, even. Ooh. Aye, that's a tough one, man. Pull it out Maybe of the ten sword. grand. Try S- sixty nine grand. Try <laughs> uh, multiply it tenfold. Six hundred sixty thousand dollars. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> oh yeah. Whoa. Heritage Heritage Auctions of Dallas. Bro, they good need, on you. They need a commission for that one, boys. No joke. It's like I made the mistake of looking up um, Pokemon card values the other day. Oh, yeah. You told me about that. Yeah. You don't know where your Pokemon cards are, do you? <laughs> no, I know exactly where they were. And oh, yeah. It's a, I had a binder full of Pokemon cards, and I have no siblings, um, so I very rarely played. It, and I had, like, you know, a deck that, was, that I had made, so there was just a handful of cards that really got used. And the rest of them were in this Pokemon binder in the nice little like card plastic slot holder thingies. And did you catch and, them all? Uh, I I definitely probably had every card from the first original two hundred fifty Pokemon. Like I was on a hunt for them. I was going to catch them all. <laughs> and uh, anyways, my name was in the binder, but uh, so yeah, they were all like mint condition and. I, um, you know, I moved out here and left my childhood bedroom behind, and so I was like, hey, grandma, great-grandma, you see my Pokemon cards? Because uh, it would be nice to get those back, and they're just like, oh, you know, when we moved Nana out of her house, we got rid of them. <laughs> just gave them away. I did see a funny um, video of some guy uh, who was looking up the value of, like, the first edition Charmander card, which pretty much everyone had. 
Um, and it, it sold for like 6000 because of some special mark on it. And he was holding the same card in his hand. But little kid him had drawn sunglasses on the card and just totally devalued it. Oh, you know? God. Oh, I was like, dang. How could you? <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're planning to go to Japan... And you end up in Saitama Prefecture, <laughs> probably butchering that, north of Tokyo. Don't you dare walk on the escalators. It has been banned. You must stand in place while riding on the escalator. Oh, Jesus. Yes, it takes place October 1st. So, you know. If you gotta get out of your system, go now and run up and down the escalators. Bro, I or stay in America. I do not stand still on an escalator. No. I can't remember the last no, time you. I stood still on an escalator. It just feels fucking awesome. I like yeah, to, like flying. I like to walk up the escalator stairs, but just like super slow and like lazily, casually even. That's my favorite because I just take oh. these little like just lazy like slow mo steps, but your body's just like scooting through the air, and you're like, yeah, dude, I'm like just slow mo going fast up these <laughs> That's what I like to do. I just take my sweet time, but I don't stand on one stair. Nah. I like to be that asshole. It's like, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me. You just oh, shove yeah. through people on the escalator. I'll like, and fly. you know, make annoying like throat clearing noise <laughs> or sniff like. <clears throat> yeah. Mm. Oh, now you could just cough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad. And idea. then like moving quickly down the down escalator. That's fun too. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I just saw Circus Media corrected of it. I read his text as he was talking about. Of being an angry hormone ridden teen, but he said angsty, oh, <laughs> and I just read, it, read wrong. it wrong. I just read it wrong. Angsty I just teen. noticed that angsty hormone ridden teen makes a little more sense. But I'm Although just I behind the bull. I read being, it. Being an angry teen, I was angry. <laughs> I was an angry. Teen. I was angsty and angry and angsty. Yeah, I was both. Um, I'm still every once in a while, I guess. Alyssa, dig this. A Louisiana tourist took his family to Disney World where he decided to walk past the temperature check tent, where they check your fucking temperature, even though you have to wear a mask. Uh, and then he got hunted down by police for trespassing because he was like, no, I'm not going back to get my temperature checked. God damn it. Yeah. The whole thing was caught on their body cams, and they put it online because they think that they're shaming the guy. You know? I'm like, yeah, no, he's a hero. Uh, they're all, and including this guy's wearing a face mask, which already you lost me there. I wouldn't walk in the place with a face diaper on. Get in the um, car, slave. I would They wouldn't have even let me walk in. But uh, what really broke my heart is as they're like cuffing him, he's like, man, I paid $15,000. That's too much money to get arrested. And I was like, you're fucking right, dude. Bro, That's Disney's way too gonna, much money for Disney. Disney's going <laughs> to literally suicide themselves over this shit. Yeah, and then the people they need to attract. You're exactly right. They're already paying like way more money than they should be paying yeah. to go to some kind of resort. It's expensive, uh, and um, and there then were the magic is totally ruined too. I saw a few little like com- yeah, the magic is totally ruined. You're probably not supposed to scream on roller coasters either. Uh, there are a few other stories about people being um, arrested at Disney. And one guy did exactly what I said I would do, where he just walked in without a mask and mm-hmm. was approached by a security guard. But he took it a step further and decided to spit on the security guard when the guy 
got kind of confrontational with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. But this is why I have no foreseeable plans to go to Disney shit. That's for spitting on the <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. This is America, you dumb son of a bitch. I'm gay. That Louisiana man, as they were taking him away, he was like, because they were arresting him in front of his wife and kids. And he's like, okay, fine, fine. You know, he does end up like bending and he's like, just, just take me to the temperature checkpoint then. But the cops are like, oh, don't worry. We'll take your temperature in jail. I'm just ticks. like, God, you just let him go. Back with his assholes. family. Yeah. All right, I got a clip. Oh, okay. Bowling with a clip now. Oh, yeah. Uh, Which clip? Either one will do. Okay. This morning, a buzzy situation in New Mexico. 15,000 bees swarming one man's car in a supermarket parking lot while he was shopping. Oh, the man driving away yeah. before even noticing they were inside. Firefighters responding to the scene but didn't know what to do. <laughs> Working the scene for two hours, calling in an expert to help. Jesse Johnson, a firefighter who was off duty, who, as luck would have it, happens to be an avid beekeeper. Tight. I said, okay, I'll come get it for you guys. That way we can free up the crew and, and get this guy home. Johnson dressed in protective gear, taking a portable bee yard out of his vehicle and using lemongrass oil to remove the wayward pollinators. Hippie. The spring is Power. the most common time for bees to swarm. Bees are very docile when they're swarming. What they're doing is they're splitting a colony. Johnson removing the bees in just five minutes, taking them to his backyard bee farm where he plans to take care of them. The Guys, that is what is buzzing this fine uh, Wednesday morning. Oh, that Guys, is what is bothering. Oh, my See, God. I, I had to leave that cringe remark in there because I'm like, you cut the beekeeper off. Yeah, that wasn't my cut we of were, the audio. It's theirs. Yeah. It's like, no, they're, they're, our viewers are almost going to learn something quick. <laughs> Right. Throw, throw in a pun. <laughs> and then he says the stupid pun at the end. And this is Good Morning America that that oh, clip came that from. that makes sense. I know, but they get paid more than everyone else. They're trash. Like, everyone knows they're trash. Total trash, but it's Every just like, Every time I walk seriously? into a, a doctor's office or some yeah, fucking public place, that's the only place I see that piece of shit program, Good Morning America. It's like, <laughs> who actually fucking watches that at home? Come on, there can't be that many people. Man. I know there are, but Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, now play uh, the mystery screeching clip. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, a luxury condo in Brooklyn is getting on neighbors' nerves. For months, it has been giving off a shrill whistling sound, piercing the relative quiet of the neighborhood and irritating people all around. Uh. The sound is coming off the building at 347 Henry Street in Cobble <laughs> Hill and no, can be heard for blocks. So how bad <laughs> is it? Here's Iowa News reporter Kimberly Richardson. Let's hear it. It's sort of a high pitch. <laughs> They've okay, got that's recordings pretty of it, a sound some in this <laughs> Brooklyn neighborhood compare to nails on a chalkboard. It's sort of a whistling noise that crescendos into a high-pitched screech. Others say a <laughs> screaming dinosaur standing on top of this building, which, according to an engineer, is the source of the problem. What the a dinosaur? It gets fixed. A screaming um, dinosaur. It's a permanent fix, that it's a sufficient fix, not just a minor reduction in noise. Amanda Nichols is vice president of the Cobble Hill Association, which is working closely with the building's developer, Fortis Property Group. In December, many started hearing the screeching whistle. Well, take a look at these balconies. Bingo. I think the, Bingo. the wind goes through, you know, through the bars, and this is what makes the noise. 
The luxury high rise sits at the corner of Henry and Pacific, not far from the water. The perfect windstorm. Yeah. Oh, no. So the apartment buildings, balconies are like just a big ass whistle. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought oh, it was a dinosaur. Yeah, they said the it was the, in it. They said it was the dinosaur on top of the building. It sounds like a dinosaur on top of the roof, which is exactly what it is. Yeah. She said, I'm like a dinosaur. Yeah. I know. No. And then it's just, just the, balconies. the balconies. That was a confusing way to report that, wasn't it? Yeah, it sure was. <laughs> Not to mention all these people talk so retarded. But it's funny because, well, when I heard the clip, I immediately thought it just sounded like the subway. Like, just to listen me. to the first three sounds out of her mouth. That one made me chuckle. Well, a luxury condo in Bro- oh, a, a luxury <laughs> condo. Oh, a luxury condo. Like what the fuck? Then she gets that sassy bitch tone going for a minute I think in she there. Cut to somebody else on the minute on the middle. No, that's the. Is it still it's her? Two ladies, a field reporter and yeah, the main oh, lady. Okay. But oh yeah, you must be thinking of the field reporter. Yeah, yeah. There's two ladies her. there. She sounded sassier to me. I don't know when you said sassy. I was two- like, no, that's the field lady. <laughs> Yeah, two girls, one clip. <laughs> field reporter. Good God. Um, you can't call them field reporters. That's racist. Oh, I don't know what the people on the street that <laughs> just ask dumb questions. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, did you see that the Supreme Court erased its ruling against Trump's Twitter account? Oh, wow. <laughs> just in time for it to not fucking matter at all. Yeah, it? yep. Uh, it's because he's a private citizen now. So yeah, and but I was like, wouldn't it have not mattered when the platform yeah, kicked him off? Fuck? Like, how it, sh- it should have been moot then. No, it's moot because he's a private citizen now. That's so stupid. But they allege that you violate the Constitution by blocking critics that prevents them from being in like oh right the As town the square like the them. forum. Well, he doesn't have. And a, it's he, like he doesn't have an account to block from anymore. Well, so who gives a fuck? Yeah. And Twitter also, I'm like, well, that's like a private business, basically. Supreme Court is a bunch of worthless jack-offs, bro. Yeah. They're a fucking joke. Um, <laughs> A young couple bought a house, and they were like, what a lovely neighborhood. I don't know what you call them. Uh, I call them ticky-tacky neighborhoods, where, like, all the houses look exactly the same, and there's, like, uh, and they're pretty close, and there's, like, a pool. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, I don't know if it's an HOA or not. Like it, a, it sounds like it's it like would be. But it's like a nice be, yeah. community neighborhood yeah. thingy. Yeah. You would have to be a part of an HOA. And uh, anyways, they're like, this is lovely. And they were, they walk their dog every day and feel nice and safe and yeah. hear the sounds of nature. But they thought that was kind of weird because there's like a highway right next to it. It's like surrounded by roads, really. Uh-huh. Um, and so one day <laughs> they were walking and their dog started sniffing around something and they found a speaker. Oh shit! Like next to the sidewalk in like a uh, PVC pipe. Yeah. In the ground, <laughs> and so the guy took a picture of it, walked the dog the next day, and started finding more speakers. And the speakers are making bird sounds <laughs> and nature noises, like the wind even. What? Yeah. Do they ever kick it to like whale songs? <laughs> <laughs> no. But it's just like life is good and natural. Listen to the birds, fake birds. Tweet, and tweet. And I was just like, man, you found the sneak the speakers. Wait till you see where they put the cameras, right? Oh, like, <laughs> but oh, it looks so creepy. Like the Truman Show. Oh, definitely like the Truman Show. <laughs> uh, and then I believe my last story of this uh, 
a bowl sesh. Yeah. Is this guy, um, I don't know, he hired a gardener or something. And the person was digging around his backyard. They're like, hey, we found a concrete box back there. You might want to check it out. You know, dig it up or something. <laughs> Treasure, yeah. So he's like, all right. <laughs> there's my, you know, here's the exit strategy. I've got buried treasure right. in the backyard. It's this big uh, cement or concrete box. Yeah. And uh, he gets you all the don't. tools and he starts digging and whatever. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I can tell where this is going. <laughs> yeah, he ends up opening it up and uh, it was his septic tank. Oh, I knew it. Oh, I knew it. You don't go digging in cardboard uh, blocks in your backyard, buddy. Cardboard blocks, yeah. You don't. I mean, uh, cement, <laughs> cement blocks. God damn it! Uh, cardboard septic system. <laughs> now that's no. that's some green thinking right I'll there. Tell you what? <laughs> cardboard septic system is biodegradable. Uh, cement. Yes. If you find a big block of cement in your yard, you don't want to drill into it. No, no. And I he's promise really it's struggled. not like a prohibition vault. He really struggled opening that sucker up. And I bet. Your yeah, those are designed to like last. He's, he. <laughs> You don't want to go busting into your own septic system. He's like system. videotaping himself, and he's just like, "It's like Jello, but Jello you wouldn't eat." It's <laughs> like, "No shit, dude." Oh my god. Oh, I can't even imagine this. Incredible, <laughs> incredible work. Yes. So, what do you think we should do for our uh, first time I ever next mm. week? As we start to boogie our way out of the bowl. Bug, bug, boogin' and boogie, bug, bug, boogie away. Uh, I guess first time I ever went to a dance. Why not that? Oh, okay. I like that one. First time you ever went to a dance. Because that's always just like a dumb story, you know? You're just <laughs> like, oh my god. Yeah. The memes were great. There's a lot of response on that one. Thanks everybody who called it. Yes. Yeah, or texted in. Or posted in. Um, yeah. We're going to try and do a uh, Bowls of Buds with Mr. NetNed here real soon. Woohoo! So be on the lookout for that. He bought a mic. He's going to get mic'd up. We're going to get him first. Yeah! Pop his guest cherry. Thanks so much for hanging out with us on this beautiful Token Tuesday behind the curtain here. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf, Kansas City. I am still Duh Lorian. And until next time, may your bowls burn ever brighter. I don't know, I can't be expected to remember, like, the content of my podcast, man. <laughs> bowlafterbowl.com bowl, 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 bowl after bowl.com Bowl after bowl till he's sick. <laughs>